welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Joe, it was about the best football weekend I could ask for this past weekend, like with reality uh, associated to it. Um, the first two, the Friday and Saturday games of places that I went to school, uh, both won by blowout fashion. And then my pro team on Sunday that I, you know, I haven't, I wasn't ever on that team or uh, learned there, uh, <laughs> but uh, they won. And that's kind of not as expected um, with what they've been going through. So uh, let's start with uh, the high school football talk and start with Riverheads, where we were at the Central Woodstock game. And the dominating number there was 41 to 14. It was 34 to six at one point. The game was just absolutely all Riverheads. And uh, it was, it, in the end, it was satisfying because of the behavior on the field. It was nice to see a, a butt whooping going on. Um, but for all the Riverheads has gotten better this year, but Central has two, Riverheads really proved that they had really increased their, their abilities this season. And, and their discipline with how they played has gotten better and better. Where the first week of the season, we saw a lot of penalties and, and other stuff for Riverheads. We saw a lot less of that this time and uh, just really good blocking up front. There wasn't the push from central and it just went all Riverhead's way. Yeah. I kind of felt like this game was, um, we were expecting a much closer game because that's what we got in the first game of the regular season. But what we didn't see in the first game of the regular season was frankly, the number of unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. I know officially only one unsportsmanlike conduct on central, even though there were, Nine, I believe, late hits then uh, that you would call them if they're not unsportsmanlike conducts. They're, they're personal fouls after the whistle. Um, Riverheads was up when those started to pile up, but that kind of any hope of a central comeback dies on that. It just yeah, dies. So many, and and, and so I know the folks... Riverheads had a penalty, mm-hmm. and then it gets negated because central's doing nonsense. Yeah, instead of a holding penalty on Riverheads, which is drive killers... For Riverheads, getting holding penalties are drive killers. But then somebody for Central takes a cheap shot after the whistle. Or Riverheads gets called for a penalty, and then the guy from Central has to start clapping in his face. That was the very first one, um, which honestly was at least not a dirty play. The The other ones were absolutely dirty plays. And I, I know the folks on the Central side got mad at me in particular because after like the 10th one, and it was one they didn't even end up getting called for, but the Riverheads quarterback is all the way in the end zone. The officials have already blown the whistle, called it a touchdown, and then uh, the kid from Central grabs him and throws him to the ground, and because the Riverheads kid got up and celebrated a touchdown, he got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which was bizarre. Um, but, At that point, I was like, we'll take one. You yeah, know? that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, um, it was we'll talk about another one where a penalty was called on a team that I like. And I was like, whatever. Um, but. Oh yeah. Back to back. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just, in that moment, they got mad at me because I said, that is punk behavior. Yeah. And then I said, if they want to watch a state championship, they can buy a ticket and drive to Salem. Cause they're not going to be, and they can watch Riverheads playing in it. Cause they won't be. And honestly, like, at a certain point, when the referees aren't going to call on sportsmanlike conduct penalties, which absolutely they should be because, hey, if a kid gets ejected because he has too many unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, he's not fit to play. The, ch- the kid is not fit to play. 
And that is where the referees need to step in. We're not talking about iffy kind of plays. We're talking about egregious, like, nine unsportsmanlike conduct or nine or ten late hits is insane in a single game. It's insane for a season. In a single game is uncalled for. And honestly, like, that does start to reflect on the coaching because if the officials aren't going to take him out, then as a coach, I would think you would want that kid out. I know, and I know the central people are already mad at me, so I'll go ahead and just piss them off even more. I will say this, though. If it was reversed, you've called enough games with me to know if the situations were reversed and Riverheads was the one with 10 personal foul penalties, I would be ripping them on the radio, too. And I got news for you. The central fans around me would be applauding me, not sitting there going, Oh, that's mean. That's uncalled for. You're sitting on the central side. I can't help it that you have shades of blue in your field of vision. And, but I will say this. If it was your kid getting cheap-shotted the entire night, you'd have a much different tune to sing. And so I guess what I would say is, and this, this goes to my larger point, it, it is... It, it speaks to their character, and it speaks to Coach Yo's character it, to I a certain agree. extent because I think you got to take those kids out. I agree. I lost respect for that for the program. And, and I, I'll I say this. Central when, Central, when Central wants to know why they've never won a state championship, that game right there is why you've never won a state championship. You, are not, you don't have the class required to win a state championship if that's how you behave when you fall behind in a game. Yeah, I, I struggled with it, and uh, I, I hope to see better in the future. I know these two teams start off the next season. Uh, that'll be Central's next game. And uh, I hope to see none of that and and see some growth there. But it's going to stick around in my mind because as much as we'll build up <laughs> that game in August next fall, uh, it, it – If Central gets 10 personal foul penalties, Central's going to get blown out again. Yeah, but, uh, but I mean, I think a, a lot of that comes from – the pressure of this game, they've won all season. You know, he, Coach Yo alluded to it in his newspaper article that, you know, this is the first time they were really down and stuff. I, I think you got to head that off. And, and I think even more of a reason to uh, get at least one guy out of there. If the refs aren't going to do it, then you got to take care of it. I think the refs really failed that game. I think Chip Crable on our broadcast nailed that, that the, that the refs weren't taking care of the game. I, I don't think they did. But at some point, you, you got to have your own lines. And uh, one player in particular who got three personal fouls against him and I think was the only player to get the unsportsmanlike, um, and that wasn't the last one uh, of those three personal fouls. I, I, and every time he'd go up to the sideline, take his helmet off and be screaming and yelling and hollering, he just was a bit unstable. And uh, I get I, – I was a 17-year-old boy once, and I, I understand chemicals are flowing through your body. you, you got to have more sense than that. And, you, and, and at some point someone's got to – help you understand that. And at at no point do I think that kid understood that point. I I, I don't think a lesson was ever taught. And then hopefully when he got home, I would hope mom or dad might be able to start teaching that because he didn't learn it at the football field. So uh, I don't know. I I agree with everything. I'm, I'm, I'm backing you on what you're saying. And I was with you Friday night. The good thing about it, those penalties kept central from mounting a comeback or something like that. But the damage was done when they started setting in, uh, Riverheads absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage. They had multiple guys rushing. I I said they needed both Caden Cook, Cash, and Talbot to kind of be over 100 yards. I, I wanted that like dynamic ability from the backfield. 
when Caden Cook Cash was pushing, you know, over a hundred early in that game, it, it kind of made me wrong, but still that yardage was happening to take it to a win. Talbot ends up with 72 of his own, but behind Caden Cook Cash is 22 carries, 147 yards, four touchdowns. He has just been on a massive run lately, uh, just scoring like crazy. I, I wrote the number down somewhere. It's like 20, 20 touchdowns in the last five games. So he's averaging four touchdowns a game. Um, he's also averaging like 150 yards during that stretch a game. And he's just been absolutely dominant. Talbot during that same period, even though he was out the Waynesburg game in four, in his last four games he played in, he's averaging 100 yards himself and, and a touchdown in each one of those games. So really doing what Riverheads does with their backfield, where it's not just one guy. Everybody looks at Riverheads. Everybody looks at Kane Cook Cash. They're giving Talbot the ball on third down a lot of times. They're giving Talbot opportunities on first down, and he's getting five, six, seven yards. He's doing a great job. And as a sophomore running back, we gave Caden Cook Cash that kind of credit. When he was a freshman and a sophomore and, you know, taking on the weight of the team, he was doing well. Talbot, Talbot's right there. I mean, he's really the next the next guy in line here to be the leader of this team, and we're seeing the beginning of it. I, I also wanted to call out Brendan Fortune. He had five carries, 63 yards. By far his most productive game in the season. Couldn't have come at a better time. Um, I think that showed when he was getting those kind of chunks of yards at a time, it just it, it made me completely relaxed about what that final was going to be because if fullback is picking up yards, Riverheads wins. And uh, we've seen that for seven years straight now. So just an overall great performance. I think we called out great guys on defense with the Harson Brooks uh, ability at the defensive tackle position being undersized just getting in the backfield time after time after time um and then also when when there was stuff to handle on the outside i i was surprised barahona was only one for four uh on the night it seemed like he dropped back to pass a lot yeah, but, but he ran he a lot on running those. or yeah. getting sacked and so i was surprised he only completed one pass i'm surprised only four went downfield um i know that brody phillips kid was involved in a lot of stops and tackles out there on him and, and he's only a sophomore. And that's kind of what I went through on um, – I thought I made great notes somewhere here, but it, it's – you know, you have Caden Cook-Cash, who's great on both sides of the ball, and he's a senior. But, like, everybody else I just pretty much named off are juniors and sophomores. It's Carson Brooks and Austin Roberts and Brody Phillip. They're all underclassmen. So, yeah. as much as Riverhead as, – as quick as people are going to be to tear Riverheads down, okay, well, you got you don't have Caden Cook-Cash anymore after the season. Now reality is going to set it – Reality looks pretty good with all these guys that are really contributing to what what they're doing on the field. So, yeah, and somebody's you know, yeah, you're not going to have Kane Cook cash. You're not going to have that 147 yards and four touchdowns. Okay, well, those 22 carries are going to go to other people. It's not like Riverheads yes. is just going to lose the ball, especially no. if someone's going to give them first downs for free. Talbot will get five more carries a game, and when he's putting up 13 for 72, yeah. and that turns into 18 for 125, it'll be all right. But again, like Riverheads was going to win that game with or without yeah. the penalties. The penalties yeah, yeah, just yeah. made it even worse for Central. Uh, it made yes. Riverheads – the only time Riverheads doesn't score is when they need to run the clock out at the end of the game. Um, the yeah. defense was just incredible. The only time Central scored a meaningful touchdown was when they returned the kickoff to the six-yard line. Yeah. They never drove the field until when the game's over. So yeah. just absolutely great defense. And – and again, I you know, hats off to Riverheads for not taking that easy bait of you're getting cheap shot after cheap shot. They didn't respond. They they let the refs throw the flags. They took the 15 yards and kept drives alive because of it. And 
then they just beat them on the scoreboard, which is the best way to handle that. And again, Central Absolutely. might learn something from that. Um, instead of hitting after the whistles, if they were half as good at hitting between the whistles as they were after the whistles, that might have been a different game. But they weren't. Um, and Riverhead's got revenge on them from the regular season loss. And now they're on to the state semifinals where they're going to play Pocosin. And it's a, it's another familiar place for Riverheads. They're used to making it to the state semifinal. Yes, this is a different classification. Yes, it's a different team they're going to play in Pocosin. Um, but in some ways, while the while the names are different and the players are different, and there might be a different level of talent. I'm not taking that away from Pocosin. The style for Pocosin is going to be kind of similar to what they've seen in the regular season, which is it's a team that wants to run the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're good at it. And they've scored a lot of points this season sure. doing it. They're, you know, averaging 31 points a game. Uh, they're they're serious about their defense. They've shut a lot of teams down this season. Those three losses where a lot of their points they gave up came from every win. It's, you know, very much in their favor. Um, still giving up 17 points a game, but you kind of look at those wins and understand what's going on there. Baker Green's going to be get the ball the most for them. Uh, Cody Little, Lisa McGarvin are the other names are you're going to hear a bunch from them. And they're going to run them, run them, run them. Now, what they did in their win against Amelia County, they they threw a pass early, got a touchdown pass, and they feel that kind of put Amelia County on their heels. I, I don't think Riverheads is going to be so quick to their heels on something like that, even if it works. I mean, they can throw the ball and go for a touchdown. I don't think that's just going to change Riverheads' defensive game plan. I think they're going to stay steady like they do and just stay with the game plan and trust that their team defense that they play where they don't just try to stop one thing or one person will hold on and they won't continue to get beat by the pass. I don't think Pocosin is, is set up. Capable might not be the right word, but just they're not set up. They're not comfortable on trying to beat a team with, with, with the pass. And I think it really takes a balanced effort to beat Riverheads. And I think the threat of that against Central early in the season is, is, is part of the reason Riverheads, you know, the, the drive that beat Riverheads in the first game of the season included some passing. So I just think it's you got to have that ability and you got to still be in the game at that point to make that happen. That when I think back on history, when teams have beat Riverheads, it's, you know, Lord Botetot with a definite uh, balanced attack. East Rock before the big streak mm-hmm. started with a balanced attack. So I, I don't think really Pocosin set up that way. So they're going to have to play the, the possession and they're going to have to uh, have their defense play better than I think it's played all year. And that's kind of going to be their recipe to success. Now, I think they have talent. I think they have pieces. It's not some kind of unquestioned thing that Pocosin, you know, I think they could beat Riverheads. I just think Riverheads is going to have to do some damage themselves to, to help that along. And that's something we really don't see Riverheads do. So I, um, I, I'm confident that Riverheads can win this game, um, but you still got to play the game. So I, I do think uh, the familiar run first approach is going to, play in Riverhead's hand. Pocosin hasn't played any team like Riverhead's in a long time in these playoffs. And and, and Pocosin gets to the playoffs every year, and they do a good job, but Riverhead's is a stronger program than than pretty much everybody they played. Uh, sorry to say. I mean, Keen William had a really good year that year, but the machine that is Riverhead's, is, it's going to be hard for Pocosin to, to experience and then come up with a way to beat. And I think uh, we see a lot of teams struggle. The first time they play Riverhead's, they, oh, wow, this is actually really good. And they're not just these small kids from that side of state and small class two team. Like they're, they're really good. And they're, and so I just don't see Pocosin coming in ready for that attack. When it comes into the discipline, like we talked about, I mean, Riverheads yeah. is 
Riverheads know everybody on that field knows what their job is and where that first yep. step they need to take goes, and, and they do it in unison and they do it so well. And it, I agree. Like for Pocosin to win this game, Riverheads gonna have to make mistakes. It's gonna take penalties. It's gonna take fumbles and turnovers, yep. and, and it's gonna take Pocosin hitting home runs on more than one pass. And you know, and the thing I, you're saying, everything you're saying has S's on it. It's not gonna take one fumble. It's gonna take fumbles. Fumbles. It's take yeah. Turnovers. It's gonna Penalties. take big shots by Vacosin. Yeah. Shots. And, and it's take one. And I, you know, we'll see when Eli Tundle comes in to play Riverheads uh, on Saturday. But uh, my, the only thing I would say, I'm not sure he has the arm of Barahona, which was amazing, and Barahona's that wasn't really good for Central. He's that really wasn't good. enough to win the game. Yeah. So. That that would be my concern there. Barahona had a, some amazing passes that were taken off the board by an eligible man downfield on two yeah, consecutive yeah. pass plays, which was a heartbreaking for Central in that moment because it it went from making it a twenty a one score game at halftime to keeping it a two score game at halftime. Um, but and then as we you reminded on, me of one thing while we're just in this spot right here. Yeah. That one run by Caden Good Cash on the near sideline to where we were far. If you were at the Riverheads game, it was on the far sideline. Oh, yeah. Caden breaks loose from everybody, and there's four central guys between him and the end zone, and there's a sideline. You just think he's going to get run out of bounds. He's going to, he's still made into the end zone. That was an incredible run. I, I need that. I need a clip of that. Yeah, that was a pretty Somebody listening that makes clips of videos, make that happen. That was a pretty good <laughs> run. But yeah, it, Pocosin is going to have to play an, an A plus effort, and they're probably going to need a B effort from Riverheads. And and then they could get a win. I'm not I'm not yeah. saying it's impossible for them to win this game, but it's I Riverheads is hosting this game for a reason, and it's because Riverheads has more power points. But I also think it's because Riverheads, honestly, if you were to rank the four teams left, I think Riverheads would be a higher rank than Pocosin. Yeah, they would, and they have three losses. I mean, I, I think it all plays into it. Now, the three losses are to good teams. I mean, they oh sure they didn't lose to stinkers. They lost uh, to Warhill, who's a class four team. Yeah, that was in the play. They were twelve and one before the, uh, they lost in the playoffs. Was the yeah. first loss. Tab, who was in the playoffs, and that was a tight game. Lafayette, who is still in the playoffs, they're playing for a semifinal this coming week. They only lost by three to Lafayette, class three team. So, th- their losses aren't to bad teams or something we could make fun of. No, they're lost to good teams and they play some tough teams. So they're experienced. They're going to come in they're, They'll be ready to play. I, I, I say this whole vibe of teams don't know what to expect. They come to, they'll come in ready to play a good, tough football game. I just think when it sets in what Riverheads does, it, it can mess up even good teams that are, are ready to play uh, a good football game. It's just the Riverhead style can really get you. So uh, this all sets up. I mean, this game sets up, uh, a state championship, Who, whoever wins this game in Greenville this week will play next week on Saturday, December 9th at 11.30 a.m. in Salem. They got the first day game in Salem that day. Um, they Liberty and UVA are the other hosts next week. But wow. the play, the team they'll play next week is the winner of Radford and Graham. Now, Radford had to sweep one out against Glenbrook. Radford led by a really good quarterback, Landon Clark. He's an Elon commit as a quarterback. Um at, at the end of the regular season, they had the fifth highest scoring offense in all of Virginia across all the classes. So they know how to score and they like to on the shoulders of Landon Clark. So that, yeah. that uh, is a tough opponent there. They squeaked it out against Glenver. So they advance, uh, they host, but they're going to play at Christiansburg high school uh, with hosting, but they're going to host Graham. Uh, they went down to unions bullet park. They got the win down there. It's a hard place to win. They won 33 to 24. That was behind a great rushing performance there uh ty drez clements 
306 yards, four touchdowns. And he is the all-time leading rusher at Graham. And that is about the equivalent of saying the all-time leading rusher at Riverheads. Like that's, wow, you've, you've said something. You're talking about a school that Ahmad Bradshaw that played in the NFL for years went to and his son came through and a lot of great players through Graham uh, to be the top leading rusher of all time. So that's impressive. So each one of those teams kind of has that star player. Um, so we'll see what comes out of that game. Uh, who do you think's got that one? Who do you think's coming out of that? Honestly, it's going to be a tight game. I, I think I like Radford to win that game just because of the balanced attack we're going to see. Um, but when you have a guy like Clements on your team who can eat up yardage and more importantly, eat up clock and keep that fifth highest scoring offense on the sideline, that helps. Um, yeah. and, and when you got and a guy who's, down, that's what, that's what I noticed with Radford. Yeah. A lot of those leaders on offense are playing defense too. So yeah, that's a multiple reason to keep your offense on the field. Yeah. So I think it's whoever wins that game, it's going to be a fantastic game. Um, I, I think, and again, I, I don't want folks in, at home to take this the wrong way. I, I think that's a really dangerous team for Riverheads to play, no matter who it is. Um, and yeah. I, I yeah. think, I think this side of the bracket probably has the state champion, not the Riverheads Pocosin side of the bracket. Yeah. And obviously I'm going to be hoping different and uh, I'll come up, uh, you know, if, if, if given the opportunity a week from now, I will be telling you how Riverheads is going to win a game against one of these star players. And, and it's more than just one player on each one of those teams. It's they're solid teams all year. I've been hearing about how great Bradford is they're undefeated and, and there's no, there was no trick to that. They played tough teams. They beat them. Uh, same thing for Graham. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know which one I'm rooting to win. I don't know which uh, star player I want to see us defend. Uh, and that's a us there for Riverheads. Uh, I, I, does the passing attack worries me after, you know, 25 years of <laughs> Riverheads pass defense kind of getting called into question from time to time. Uh, so would I rather see the rushing attack from Graham? I, I don't know. Cause I know how big Graham tends to be up front and how, how well they're, built to make holes and that's the big thing about riverheads defense is kind of getting stuff started stopped before it gets started whether it's rushing or throwing they throw the pressure at the quarterback to try to you know get him off balance get that ball out of his hand sooner or you know you're trying to stop the running backs in the hole their riverheads defense is not built on letting them get six yards <laughs> that for sure so um and graham's absolutely built to get it six yards so yeah i don't know which one i'm rooting to get i'm gonna side that radford's probably is is, is gonna win um just because I think they have a little bit of magic to them this year. I think we saw a little bit of it this last week when they're down and they have to score with 10 seconds to go to win the game. And it surprised me it was that close with Glenver. So maybe does that make me think Radford's a little more meetable? Maybe, but, you know, that was the second time they are playing that team that year. They they know each other. Like, I, I'm not going to lay that much to it. I think Radford has a little bit of magic in them. And Glenver's uh, so no I hope sl- they have to use it all up this week. That's what I'm hoping for. But uh, I, I'll side with Graham winning that one. And Glenver, excuse me, excuse me, Radford, Radford's gonna win. Glenver is no slouch either. Like that's no. the thing. I mean, both yeah. of those teams, honestly, Glenver and Union, both teams that lost. I those are teams that could. Yeah. We could have very easily been talking about those two teams playing well, you, for a Union trip to the state Graham championship. The season, so. Right, and if those two teams were playing for the state championship or a chance to go to a state championship this week, I would pick them against Riverheads too because I think I, I think that end of the state in Class Two is 
is way more talented than what Riverheads, and we talked about this last week on the I podcast. Like, I, I, I didn't take Glenver. I, I, I would out of those four, I would have. That was the one I was probably hoping sure. That's maybe the one you wanted the most. <laughs> but I will say, Glenver is better than any of the teams that Riverheads has seen in a state championship in a long time. Probably so. I, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what Glenver was. I really, st- I really did dig in to Graham and Radford today more so than before. So, and Glenver's already knocked out. So I, I didn't dig into them as well. They're a very solid program. I've called a state championship game for them when they played Wilson 10 years ago. Um, they're a solid program. They come to Riverhead since then on the front side of 2020 on 19, they came to Riverheads and they were, they were a good program came in there and challenged Riverhead. So yeah, I, I'm not trying to disrespect Glenver in that sake either. I, I just, I guess having a little bit of more familiarity with them is probably why I was trying to trying to hope to see them and to also get Radford knocked out. So, yeah. Well, those two teams will play at two o'clock at Christiansburg High School on Saturday. Yeah. So, exact same time Riverheads is playing. So, we'll we'll be getting updates. Uh, class one. If you're interested, Essex will play Alta Vista. Galax plays Honeaker. Uh, I like Galax and Essex. I, Alta Vista has gotten a lot better this year, but I do like Essex. The fact that they've been in it year in, year out. Yeah, they get knocked out here every year. Well, the but, boogeyman's. Uh, I think it's their time to rise up. Yeah, the boogeyman's not there anymore. So I'll take Honeaker over there. I I think Galax, Galax has used up their magic. No. Uh, class, class three, three. Yeah. Lafayette versus Brentsville. Um, phew, that's a that's a great game. Um, yeah. Brentsville into the state semifinals and they'll play the winner of LCA, unfortunately, and William Byrd. William Byrd is where Broadway's coach uh, went to when he left and they've really rose up. They went from like an 0 and 10 to, uh, to where they're at now. I have family that went to William Byrd, the Terriers. Yeah. They have hokey colors. They do. I'm, I'm thinking Brentsville district and I'm thinking LCA. I, I tend to agree with you. I will be rooting hard for William Byrd, but yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, uh, class four yeah. has Phoebus and King George and Tuscora and Salem. And uh, Phoebus and Salem jump out uh, as all-time programs in the state of Virginia. But Tuscarora is kind of entering themselves into that mix. So that's semifinal right there. Class four between Tuscarora and Salem. That's that's a marquee matchup. Tuscarora is really good. I, I That might be an iron sharpens iron kind of state yeah. semifinal Phoebus is going to beat King George. Um, and they're on their backup quarterback after beating. Yeah. And that's what would worry me. Zero, they lose their starting quarterback, which I think is karma, but they're still great. Otherwise. So they won last week and they're going to win this. Week. And I think that's, I think they'll get by King George with the backup, but I think Tuscarora yeah. or Salem, I think that's where they run into trouble with that. Um, I, I tend to lean Salem, but would not Maybe. be shocked to see the Huskies come out with a win. Yeah. Here. I could go either way. I'll take the Huskies just so we have an argument's sake. But I mean, it's a that's an easy coin flip game, really. Um, all one seeds coming out of those regions. Interesting there. Well, that's the only one. Yeah, uh, I, I don't recall that from past years happening a whole lot either. Not saying zero, but it doesn't happen a whole lot. No, class five is Indian River versus Mari in one half of the bracket, and Matoka plays Stonebridge on the other half of the bracket. I'm taking Maury and Stonebridge. Yeah, your two one seats are going to beat the three yeah. seats. I agree. And I think those are the two, those. I think that's per uh, Hatfield in August. So <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't feel dumb saying that. Yeah. Um, class six 
It's three ones and a two. It's James Madison versus Freedom. And then Highland Springs versus Lake Braddock. I like Highland Springs and uh, give me Freedom. Yeah, Freedom's the world beaters that that, Mm -hmm. uh, Hatfield talked about in August. And he said no one was going to touch them this year. So I'm going to stick with them. And if anybody's going to beat Highland Springs, it's going to be the one Hatfield told me. So I'll talk about Freedom next week when in. But Freedom and Highland Springs at least this week. Yeah. So um, high school, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. High school sports, otherwise, are keeping moving, and football is really the only thing hanging on from the fall. Winter sports start this week, so if you're interested in high school basketball, we just haven't talked about it yet. We're locked into football still. We will talk about it in weeks to come, uh, so stick with us for that. But if you want to go out and see high school basketball, look at the schedule right now because there's stuff happening Monday night, Tuesday night, into the week. So go see that. I know there's a tournament at Riverheads this week weekend so that's just one of many things happening also wrestling getting going this weekend too so get out there and see these local athletes uh despite our lack of coverage on them so far yeah um so we will talk more as leland said we will we will get into this winter sports in the coming weeks um obviously we apologize if you're tuning in to get that um we just have limited bandwidth. Um, yeah, and seriously. so football is kind of what's dominating. As is. We don't need to. <laughs> yeah. Football is what's dominating our lives right now in the high school sports. And for me, it's going to be college basketball is going to be dominating uh, specifically women's college basketball is going to be dominating my life for a while. So Leland um, only has so much time in his busy life with <laughs> dealing with kids and, you know, actual responsibilities. A real job? A job that pays me? Yeah, yeah the job that pays him um, <laughs> and not this. So, yeah, uh, we will get to the winter sports, we promise. Uh, college. Co- let's yeah, talk college football, football because I, I'll be honest, this weekend was awesome. I freaking loved it. I, whether it was the Egg Bowl on Thursday, which was an exciting game, it was uh, the Black Friday games were, were actually, this is where I got in trouble. I looked at the Black Friday games. They were all blowouts. And I was like, okay, don't read into these rivalries. If a team is way better, trust that they're way better. Invest in that <laughs> with that knowledge. And that Saturday was not that case. Saturday was tight, tight, tight. Everything was tight. And I loved it. I mean, was I mad that some of these teams were letting me down? You bet. Was I... But when I was sitting there watching the games, did I also enjoy the game for what it was? Yeah, it was fun. It was exciting. And um, let's let's get the local ones out of the way. Um, let's get the least exciting one out of the way first. The local ones weren't tight. No. <laughs> let's get the least exciting one out of the way first. JMU blew Coastal Carolina off the face of the earth. Um, 55 to 14 at Coastal Carolina. So they have the best record in the Sun Belt again. Um, and I'll watch the... Sunbelt Championship game from home. They will. Um, but they are yeah. going to a bowl because everything yeah. kind of played out in their favor uh, on Saturday, even though it got a little it's hairy for a second. Especially in the Sunbelt Championship. Like, they just should have got this right. Eh, it's fine. <sighs> um, can we talk about that for a second? Because that was technically after we recorded the lawsuit being dropped. And, oh, yeah. and JMU Fire or JMU Twitter setting fire to themselves. The lawsuit that I never wanted to see. The lawsuit that was never going to happen. Like, that's the thing. Too many people started to drink the Kool-Aid, which I'm telling you, if there's a fan base in Virginia that is Texas A&M-esque, it is JMU. (laughs) 
in the sense that like if there's that's, a cult that's a strong statement. If there's a cult those are a bunch of weirdos down there. If there's a cult, it's JMU. Like they just drink the Kool-Aid to the point where like, yeah, we are gonna sue. And I'm like, no, you're not. Not it, and after the loss, they're like, this was bigger than the New Year's six. And I was like, if you believe that, you're dumb. Like, you're dumb. You you will believe anything anyone tells you if you believed that when they said this is bigger than the New Year's six, it was never bigger than the New Year's six. The New Year's six was the only thing that made that lawsuit worth anyone's time. And once that was gone, you're not going for it. And I know the folks are like, oh, well, you know, uh, it's no guarantee that Tulane is undefeated. It's no guarantee that Liberty stays undefeated. Uh, Tulane already has a loss, but it's Tulane's ahead of JMU now that JMU has a loss. And they're the whole argument of they both might lose. I looked at the schedules and I was like, there is no way on God's green earth either one of those teams is going to lose. Tulane blew out their opponent this week. And Liberty has the Conference USA Championship against New Mexico State, which they're not going to lose. Liberty's going to win. And they beat them 33. Tulane is going to win their conference championship by a boatload, too. So Tulane didn't play SMU, but they. They're going to beat them. They're going to beat them because they just beat UTSA by a billion. And they're going to they're gonna thump SMU, and they're going to win the conference. And they're going to be the highest-ranked G6 team, and they're going to go to the New Year's Six Bowl again, um, which is fine. Like, it's okay. It It's not the end of the world. We're going to a bowl game. It was going to sort itself out. I had faith that, that the games would go how they needed to go for JMU to make a bowl. And at that point... Burning bridges, and this is the other part they don't understand. They're like, oh, Alter's letting the university students down. He knows those people on the CFP and the NCAA boards of presidents. That's why he's not suing them. You're damn right, because he's an NCAA board president. Next year, he'd like to be considered. He, he at some point, could be on that CFP committee. So he's not going to start burning bridges. For next year, by the way, which, unless they change the rules between now and then, it's still... The top six ranked conference champions get an automatic berth to the college football playoff. You don't think he wants to see JMU be one of those top six ranked conference champions? And if you think the NCAA doesn't hold vendettas, again, let me tell it to you plain. You're stupid. He's not going to sue the NCAA and give the college football playoff committee made of NCAA board presidents and NCAA athletic directors and high paying boosters and a former officials with NCAA schools, the reason to give something against JMU if it comes between them and someone else. You're you're thinking of this year, and you're not thinking of down the road for JMU. And if you can't, also, if you can't separate the two, you're the problem. Not President Alger, not the Attorney General, not the state legislatures, not Jeff Bourne, not anybody at JMU. It's you. You're the problem. It's also unfortunate. We've called into que- we've called into question certain media kind of being mouthpieces for JMU. It did feel like when one person in particular at a at a venue at a, at a local media that we respect decided to go against JMU with one of his articles to kind of take the dumbest side approach uh, and, and of all the times said. to do it. Just of to all the times to JMU, do it. About how terrible and this is bullcrap and all that and tear people apart, you're on the wrong side of things. You you don't choose the side the times when you had the opportunity to just be on the on the morally right side of things. You've let those pass by. 
And now here's a time where you could have just looked at reality and what's what and understood the scope of the world. And then you take your shot. And uh, yeah, we haven't heard much from him since, have we? Uh, there have been plenty of fans finding old tweets, dunking on him when he's tried yeah. to backpedal, he which which he deserves. And it's, of yeah. course, other fan bases. But I like those tweets because I like that. They're accurate. They're he accurate. Said it. He said it. And, and it's just, look, it, if I told you that person would not be able to see the big picture and see the forest through the trees, would you be surprised? No. Yeah. It's it's something. Uh, it really is something. Um, all right. Let's talk about the happy. Uh, another happy. That one was happy, and that one's great. And Jamie's gonna make a bowl game. That's what everybody wanted. Let us bowl was what I heard at game day the whole time. You get to bowl now, and you earned it. You earned it. Yeah, you needed help, but that's the system you live in this year. Next year, you can earn it on your own. Virginia Tech was not one of the pieces of the puzzle JMU wanted to have win. But so my wife, who's a JMU Duker. Um, is she's sitting in the stands. We go to the game and she's sitting there watching all those other games on little score bugs the whole time. Uh, but the reason she was able to do that and not just take in all the glory of the game is because it was so wide open and, and she's supportive of Hokies and likes me happy. But you know, once you're up by 30 in the first half, she can, she can focus on other things. Our defense was dominant. I loved seeing that. That's what coach Pry was supposed to bring to us. We've seen that. This wasn't the first time. I'm not saying, oh, we play a crappy team. All of a sudden, our defense is dominant. It's all fixed. No, we've really seen this come along. We've seen, and it's been this year more so than last year. We had to get the people in place. So I, I really like the ways we're moving. Um, no first downs for them until the second quarter. And their first two first downs when we just started teeing off on the quarterback and uh, had late hits on the quarterback or roughing the passer on the quarterback to uh, two plays in a row. One on a third down, which didn't make me as happy. Uh, but then when we did it on the next play, I did kind of laugh. Uh, we'll take it. When you're up big already, you take it. Um, I'm going to run through everything I'm happy about. Uh, offensive aggressiveness has stuck around. We've we've had it the second half of the season. I was really struggling with our offensive coordinator at one point. I, I keep saying, if it takes getting crazy and doing some of these reverses, tosses, and stuff, but it keeps the other plays happening too. Some of those don't work, but they seem to – practice them well enough, whether they're not working, they kind of take it, they, they slide, they get out of bounds, they throw it out of bounds, whatever. If we have to have that mentality the whole time to get the positive ones, I'll keep taking it. But our team speed was on display in that game. And for a program that we compete directly with for recruits, um, I, I think that was really something to see. When we got in the open field, we took off from people. When we had Holloway going towards the end zone, similar to the play I talked earlier about King Cook Cash, where there's him and three or four people in a sideline, you think he's going to get pushed out. Holloway got in, and we had it everywhere. And uh, Felton had a great game. He was faster than everybody on the field. Three receptions, two touchdowns, 133 yards. I, I just thought that was awesome. I completely called the Tootin kickoff return. He has that speed. He has that playmaking ability. He has that electricity that we like to see. And as the ball's in the air, when I saw that it was going to come down in front of the goal line, I said, that's returnable. That's Tootin house. And then he, he listened. And I, so I appreciate that. So uh, all that was great. I want to hear your thoughts and then I'll talk about my day in Charlottesville. Um, watching it at home. It was super comfortable. Um, we, we didn't get cold. <laughs> we, comfortable there too, man. Yeah. We, we <laughs> sat, we sat in uh, my mom's living room and watched the game. My uncle, who's a Virginia tech grad, watched the game with us 
And um, we loved it. It was funny. I didn't love the roughing the passage either one. I was getting frustrated. So I was like, just don't. But the one penalty that I was like, mm, whatever, I don't care, was when Tootin had the house call and then ran up the hill to the Virginia yeah. Tech fans because at that point, all the UVA fans Were had dominant left. Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Which... <laughs> That is in their house, and it's almost all Virginia Tech fans. Oh, it was great. It was hilarious. Yeah. And so when he runs up the hill to celebrate with the Virginia Tech fans on the hill, and he gets flagged, I was like, oh, well, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> who cares? And I'm texting my brother, who's also watching the Tech game with his girlfriend and his, her family, and he goes, flag is 30, coward. You won't. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like he was, he's like, we'll kick it from our own goal line. Who cares? Um, but I was, it was great. It was just, I, and look, a listener of the podcast, Jeff Wright said he didn't have a problem with the comments. And I honestly, it's one of those things. If he makes that comment and UVA backs it up and wins, it's see, that's what you want. It's confidence. When, when you don't back it up and your team gets smoked, it's bulletin board material. Um, yeah. So I can kind of understand him not being upset about the comments per se, but I will say, I, I think that's exactly what the Virginia Tech defense needed to just want to hunt him all game. And they and did. They did. And they, yeah. they got in the backfield. They hit him time and time and time again. And all I heard a lot all day, of sacks. The stadium, there's the one thing they play. We just sacked you, the Tech band, because I could hear them better than UVA's band. Yeah. All, all day, that song and first down song. Both. That's all I heard all day. It was my theme music for the day. Yeah. And – um, honestly, it was just, it was an absolute masterclass performance from Virginia Tech. It's the most points ever scored in that rivalry, uh, by either side when Virginia Tech puts up the 55, which was awesome. We put 52 up over there. I was there for that one too. Yeah. Well, and see when they, when we got close, I was like, what's the last, what's the most points scored in the rivalry? I just and they, 50. And they then they, they put it up on ESPN that 52 was, and I looked at him and I was like, wow, both of those are kind of in the uh, not so recent past. Yeah, I was there. Or, or not so, them. yeah, not so long ago past. Um, and, and so to see them just come out and just dismantle the Cavaliers, get their way into a bowl game um, was great. It, it shows that the program at Virginia tech is getting better, which is what you growth. wanted to see in year two. Yeah. It is growth. I think drones is going to be a very serviceable quarterback. Um, there were, there were one he or two passes plays. that I didn't love, um, yeah. but he did make some plays. Tootin was amazing in this game. The defense played better. And again, like I know we like the hardworking, like nose to the grindstone guys that we've had in the past on losing teams. But I think this year there there were just too many examples of this is what happens when you actually have talent in the room. Like this is what you can start to see. And I'm not we don't have all the talent we need in the room right now. No, but we're getting there. We're getting there. And, and when you have just you can have those grindstone guys, but you need the talent with it. If you all you have to hang your hat on is this guy works hard. Cool. I plenty of people work hard. But they're not, I mean, we're not building rockets if all we got is hard workers. Like, yep. y- you need some talent. You need some yep. brains. You got to have the sparks. You got to have that electricity. Yeah. And Tootin was a great act. And that's the thing. Everybody saw the, the, um, 
transfer portal open today and everybody's jumping in from particularly schools that uh just fire the coaches but also other places yeah and and already people are kind of complaining about the transfer portal and even hokey fans like all worried about who's going to go in from us and it was like don't be worried here's the guys we got from the transfer portal a year ago and it's i mean it's like everybody it's like drones and tooting and everybody's come through the transfer portal like we're we love it uh, the receivers um it wasn't felton but the other one lane like we we got so many guys from it so we we're going to keep on playing that well i have faith in that and wins like this six and six bowl games these kind of impressive times on tv that helps recruiting everything and getting guys from high school too so it all goes into each other like winning helps winning so it's all good but i'm gonna take my my stab at being like joe and, t- and running through my day here uh on, on my experience uh we get into the stadium uh, tailgate was fine all that we we got over there early so we wouldn't have traffic traffic really wasn't an issue so uh we stood behind a car enjoyed some bojangles and then we walked on over to the stadium right when we get in there there's a UVA fan, right? Like we get in our seats and moments later, he comes and stands right next to us and he's younger than us. And uh, which most people are anymore. And uh, he's like, Oh, I gotta be next to these tech people, but he's joking. Like he's, yeah, he's yeah. there to have a good time. He's been having a good time very obviously. And uh, so, okay. We you talk a little bit just to, you know, make sure we're square and we're all good. He never shuts up. The whole first quarter, he's just going at it. And so towards the end of the first quarter, I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. Hey, like my buddy who's sitting right there, Steve, who's been on the podcast. Hey, Steve, let's go to the bathroom. So we go to the bathroom. I, on the way out, I tell the girls, I said, I'm going to come straight down the stairs and I'm going to go whoop and you're going to follow us down because we're going to go sit somewhere else. Exactly what we did. Worked to perfection. I hope I we weren't there to tell him to shut the heck up. So we just moved on, moved to much better seats down next to the field because there was wide open spaces in those stands. And so that was a great time. Uh, I always talk the Virginia Tech crowd just dominated there. You could see the hill early, especially the bottom part. Uh, any kids that were there early were wearing maroon. Yeah. So that was awesome. The band uh, for Virginia Tech was stuck way up in the corner. They were so much louder than UVA's band. I even watched the first half back. And on TV, you could hear the Virginia Tech band more than you can hear UVA's band. So I love that. Um, and, and the UVA crowd that was there was weak. So it, that's fine. Um, enjoyed the better seats. That's where I usually sit was kind of where we moved to. Um, hey, I spoke to two of your favorite Virginia Tech players out in the parking lot, right? When we were coming in the stadium, I gave Dax Hollyfield a nice high five when we saw him passing by us. And then at the end of the game, because we went right over top Sam of Sam Rogers right there, we were sitting there. Uh, we saw Wells, Grant Wells was walking around. So I was like, Grant Wells. And he looked right at me and, and waved. And I, and I just, I had that for you. I have those introductions. Uh, I, I really wanted to talk about you when I had that moment with them, but we, I didn't have that time. But uh, the reason I was down close to the field is because we're rushing their field again. And two years or not two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago, they hated it. Then they hated it again and loved it. The field, the Hill just lets loose and all the Hokie fans come in. There's stairs right here where we're standing and, and the cops just moved out of the way and just let people go because, because we deserve to do what we want to do on that field. Cause the whole, we've been watching for three hours. People do what they want to do on that field. It was our turn. It was lovely. Uh, my answers to don't rush our field is beat us then. Number one, beat yeah. us. or <laughs> install seats in your stadium to where people aren't just standing there at the or, rope in front or, of just anything. Or fill the stadium with your own fans. Yeah. If there's not so te- if tech there. fans aren't there, don't they can't rush the field. The beginning. So that was the other so thing. Like, things. 
there were so many JMU fans at that game that when JMU won, yes. they rushed the field there too, and they got upset about that. And I saw somebody, somebody that's a tech fan. That place was for a rivalry game. Oh a tech God. fan, you know, screenshotted and put on Twitter like the message board saying, "Does this happen in other places? Like this has happened to us twice this year, and I just don't remember this happening anywhere else." And they're like, "It doesn't." And I, was like, <laughs> and I just, Love I, that's I did. Call it Lane Stadium North. Yeah, that's I, why. I did laugh at that. Um, but no, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, Lane Stadium North because that place is a hole, and I hate it. I don't. It's disrespectful to Lane to call it Lane Stadium North. Yeah. But, you have to signify that we own it somewhere. There's this old dude walking through the stands, yelling at us and other people still standing in the stands. We're still in the stands. We didn't rush the field. We're I'm a touch too old for that. Yeah. And he's like, I'm calling the ACC. Did you guys rush in our field to get off our field? I was like, call them. Call the ACC. I don't, what are you doing? Yeah. Call the ACC. Operator, give me the number for the ACC. Like, what are we doing, man? Yeah. Oh it was awesome. The I, ACC's got just, bigger fish to fry. The ACC's trying to survive. Like. <laughs> in the middle of the third quarter that we scored, what, 24 points in, whatever it was, I'm just standing there with a smile on my face, and, and Steve's wife, Karen, says, you're just in your happy place right now. I was like, absolutely. Just this, just love it. I I go over there. I, I've missed minimal games of in this rivalry. Minimal. It was when they started doing those Friday night ones. I missed a couple through there, two maybe. I go to the rest of I go, and um, ah, it's just – it feels good going over there and winning. I know the two games we've lost have been over there. They were like 18 years apart. So I don't really yeah. I can handle that percentage. And for moments like this, I mean, these two whoopings uh, happened a little closer than 18 years apart. So I'll take that too. So we seem to just play them better over there. We're, we come over there focused, ready to go. I would say the games at lane are typically close and the yeah, games, there are possession games over there all the time. Yeah. They don't, UVA didn't like using timeouts when they should at, at Virginia tech. And yeah. that, that helps us, but we go over there and like just dominate. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of what I thought it was going to be. I didn't think that was going to be a close game necessarily. I was like, yeah, if we I come didn't. in and do what we're supposed to, we should blow them out. And no, Karen asked before the game. She goes, "What's like? What's what are you feeling? What's your percentage?" And I was like, "What should I feel or like what do I feel?" And she's like, "Well, what do you feel?" I was like, "100. We're we're winning this game. We we play better over here every time. Yeah. We're like we're winning this by a couple touchdowns. Like I didn't think." 55 to 40. I didn't predict that, but I, if you tell me 38 to 10, I'm, I'm there. I would, I probably would. Probably yeah. Would have said. Yeah. I, I would have felt like the Riverheads prediction, like three scores. Yeah. I, I, I definitely yeah. didn't see 55. Like I didn't no. think our team was capable of scoring 55 points, but I was happy to see it. Um, yeah. and they did great and they just pounded them and it got to the point where like, I'm go- getting up to like get a drink and get one for my uncle and I can hear the TV and it's like another big play, another sack fumble and Virginia tech recovers. And I'm just laughing like on my way to the fridge and my uncle's sitting there going, is it possible to play them 12 times? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I mean, we'll play all 12 in Charlottesville if they want. Like, that's fine. (laughs) We got more fans there anyway, but yeah, look, big picture for UVA. Um, this year, and I think Barber alluded to this in our season preview. He said this year for UVA is going to be what Virginia Tech season was the last year where you're looking around. You're like, man, there's just the talent is not in the room. And I think that was evident that was last year for him, man. I just, that's why I don't, I think last year he said last year, he said they had talent. They just didn't use it. They, they were doing new systems and stuff. 
And so this year, the talent wasn't there. I think that's evident. I, I'm not saying that Calandria yeah, kid isn't there. That's true. I'm not saying that Calandria kid can't grow into a college quarterback, but he's not there yet. And, I and, want him there for four years playing yeah, quarterback. I don't have any faith in that kid. And if this comes back to bite me, write it down right now. I just don't think it's gonna. He's he got just, he's got an arm, but he's not accurate enough. I don't know how many deep balls I saw him overthrow receivers, and some of that was he was just getting popped, and so he probably was just like, I gotta get rid of this now. And would just a lot more kids with a lot more talent do. Yeah, I just I don't think I don't think UVA has the talent in in the room right now. Now, what's the story they told? He went to he transferred in to like a big public high school in Miami, and like the guy said, like Tony Ellett said, well, if he can go in there and take the job, he can be quarterback for me. Like, what? What? I don't know. what, What is that story? I don't. I don't know. I didn't hear that story. I didn't pay attention to it. It was on TV. I I didn't. Then I missed it and I didn't pay attention. Um, Getting a soda. Or something. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, I just. You're hoping that Tony Elliott can bring that in. I. (sighs) I don't think it's the right fit. I don't. I don't know if it's the right fit. I don't know if you can pull the plug yet. If you're UVA on that. Yeah. Um, I think you might. Yeah. I think you might be in lost space right here yeah i think you have i think you have at least another year with tony elliott before you can even think about moving on from tony elliott um so you hope it's better next year um and we'll see i don't know but for virginia tech uh this was this was a a massive win this was this was putting them even further behind you in the rearview mirror in terms of recruiting this was getting back to a bowl game which you need for recruiting this is an important step because now the liberties and the JMUs are who you're recruiting against. It's not the UVAs. And that's something, honestly, that Virginia tech, the only way to, to kind of distance yourselves from them is when you get on the field with them, you got to pound them. You got to beat them like you did UVA. And that's something that honestly, like uh, we've joked about it. You and I off the podcast. I don't know. I don't know if Virginia tech's there. Oh, no, no, no. There's all these bowl projections. They try to throw JMU to tech together. I want none of that. I know you don't. And I got to be honest, like this is that would be tough for me because before when JMU was in the FCS, it was always like, well, I want tech to win. They're an FBS team. But now that they're both FBS, I'm like, well, if we it's a win win because if tech wins, I can be like, yeah, that's fine. You were supposed to. But but if JMU wins, if JMU wins, I can look at my mom's side of the family and just be like, what's up? (laughs) <laughs> as I wear my Virginia Tech shirt on this podcast. I keep saying for JMU in this bowl game, I, I wish they could get paired up with a Power 5 team. And well, that especially or, one with a name. It's that or Liberty. Because none of the Sunbelt Bowls ought to, like have those real tie-ins with Power 5 conferences. But there's an but, SEC team that was left out too. Yeah. So I like I want to see how this plays out. I'd love Bad for them to get an opportunity against Power 5 team. Out back bowl. Out back bowl. Yeah, that'd be great. I just don't I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't think we're gonna get like, that. It's, it's not like the outback bowl either. In, but then they're ten and one. So like I just don't know how it's gonna play. You'd think bowls, bowl people play that game. But I think it's select. yeah, I, I think th- JMU's gonna travel. I think they're gonna they're been a national story. Like I think there's a lot of reasons you could hope pretty high for a bowl, but it, it could be the crap bowl somewhere. The reason this the crap bowl somewhere against a non power five. Give them liberty and shut them up. That's my. That's what I'm saying. Uh, give that's me a power the thing. Five team, you know, or give them liberty and let them shut them up. I would love to play liberty because uh, I think yeah. we would pound them. But don't play tech. Um, the <laughs> reason this the reason this bowl season is going to be different than 
other bowl seasons for JMU is that it's not they're not going to a sun quote unquote sunbelt bowl. They're going to get whatever conferences didn't fill their slots. That's where they're going to go. It's one of those. And I think there are three. So they're going to they're going to go. Yeah, they're going to go to one of those. I I hope it is. I I would love to play a power five team if it's not Liberty, um, because I think honestly, like when I look at the, a lot of the power fives, I'm like, oh, I, when it's not the top of the power fives, I feel fairly confident in our ability to win those games. So, um, and against any G five conference team, I I'd, I'd like our chances. So that's yeah. why that's why like a Liberty, I I would welcome that. Um. Look, if JMU gets Virginia Tech, I, I'm not scared of Virginia Tech for JMU. Um, but I'm scared of JMU for Tech, yes. Yeah, I the other way around I would be. <laughs> yeah, the other way around I would be. Um, but I will like if if they were to play, you know, Louisville, I would be scared. If they were to play Ohio yeah, State. One of these teams in a conference championship game, you'd you'd yeah. like to avoid. Yeah, I'd those. be like yeah. mm, even Iowa. I know everyone loves to laugh at Iowa. I was won ten games. Yeah, and they. Iowa's defense is really good. Defense in Appy State a couple weeks ago. So yeah, like, I I wouldn't want to see Iowa Iowa's defense that. is really good. And yeah. you know what? Let's move on now from because we've talked about our locals to the other games that went on. So talk about Iowa, the squeaker against Nebraska. That was a game where both teams, like Tom and Jerry or Wiley Coyote maybe is a better analogy, just dropped anvils on their own heads in the it fourth was quarter. Tom and Roadrunner is what it was. It was the idiot one. Keep Wiley Coyote. Yeah, Jerry. Wiley Coyote and Tom just, like, yeah. slapping each other in the face. Like, yes. it was it was nuts. It was, inc- it was incredibly insane to watch those two teams play a football game in the fourth quarter because I was like, I guess we're going into overtime. I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Um, but no, Nebraska just throws it away. Nebraska like, hey, throwing a pick at the there. end. Well, Iowa threw a pick to give Nebraska yes. the ball, and then Nebraska throws a pick back to Iowa, and then That's Iowa gets down there to kick a field goal. And I'll be honest with you, Leland, that my uncle's like, oh, well, they've got this. And I was like, you know what? I don't. His, yeah, my uncle's name is Pat. And I was like, I don't know, Pat. Like, <laughs> you haven't been watching this game very closely. This, this kid <laughs> might kick it off his center's ass like it might just go off the ass he might hit a pylon over there yeah straight backwards and somebody from nebraska might pick it up run down to the five yard line trip over his shoelaces throw the ball backwards and then i was going to get it (laughs) and run it down to their five yard line before that guy falls down from the turf monster like who knows like that game was bananas iowa winning was one of the things that jmu needed this weekend so that was awesome sorry dan um but that was awesome and honestly like i'd we talked about this with Chip Friday night and Nebraska came up because that game was on Friday, actually. Yeah. I don't think Matt rules the answer there. But to be fair, yeah. I, to be fair, I don't know if there's a coach in America that could fix Nebraska right now. I, on freeze, I said, he's he's got to be it. If he's not the answer for Nebraska, no one ever will be. When they hired rule, I, I backed off a touch because I thought, I didn't think they could hire somebody with, that has had success like him. So I, I've backed off that statement, but I guess I'm not, I I'm still waiting and see. And I'm not saying, Oh, this is the answer. I'm just saying, okay, we'll give him a shot here. He's brought some better people in as I've been told 
Uh, it's still the same old Nebraska. They're still losing all these one possession Still not games. going to a bowl still game. Finding a way to lose. It's, mm. I think it's like the Chargers. I, I think it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It doesn't matter who the coach is. It's something in the water. They're cursed. They did something. They did something to someone, and they put a curse on them, and there's no fixing it. Like, they're just done. And that sucks for them. I can't imagine being an actual Nebraska fan. There are enough times where I, like, pseudo root for Nebraska because of Dan or because I'm like, well, they can't hurt me, so go Nebraska. Yeah, yeah no, and, I live there. I cheer for Dan. I want Dan happy. And I they just don't. And honestly, like, every time <laughs> I just sit there and I'm like, I don't know how these people do it. I don't like those fans, those Nebraska fans. I was like, God, those poor people. <laughs> they should just have the volleyball team play there all the time. They would get a lot more enjoyment out of it. They're actually good at volleyball. Like, but volleyball's fun. Yeah. yeah volleyball. Yeah. Volleyball's fun. They win. Um, but that leads into one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Auburn, Alabama. That was crazy on the other end. Unless you're an Auburn fan, in which case it also had great incompetence. All you have to do is catch the punt, and you're going to run out the clock on Alabama. But no. The guy falls down, muffs the punt, and instinctively, I forget my mom is in the room. My uncle and I are watching the game. I forget my mom is coming to the room at this point, and he falls down and fumbles, and I'm just like, oh, you bleeping bleephead. And... (laughs) She goes, excuse me. And I was like, well, tell me he's not. Um, but so. Show me evidence contrary. Yeah. Don't worry. They're going to show the replay. You tell me where I'm wrong. Um, so Alabama gets it down inside the 10 yard line. Auburn still does things to help themselves. They still. Yeah, they still yeah. are like stopping Alabama from scoring touchdowns. Yes. And. Alabama gets inside the 10 yard line at first and goal. Then they get stuffed. And then on third and goal, the ball gets snapped because Milrose is not ready for the snap. So it rolls all the way back to their own 31 yard line. It's fourth and goal from the 31 yard line. And somehow Auburn on a Hail Mary allows the receiver to be one-on-one. When he threw the ball and I saw it was one-on-one before he even catches it, I'm like, uh uh-oh. And he catches it. And I'm like, Durr! because I had already got, I hated Michigan winning earlier in the day. I hated it. So I was like, well, if Iowa wins, at least chaos will reign supreme. And if Auburn wins, yeah. No, if Iowa wins in the Big Ten championship, at least, oh, next week. Gotcha, gotcha, at least gotcha. chaos could reign, reign supreme. And then when Alabama was about to lose to Auburn, I was like, oh my gosh, if Alabama loses this game, but beats Georgia in the SEC championship, and there is a world where we can get Missouri and Iowa in the college football playoff. I want that world. I want to live in that world. I want that more than anything. Now that dream is over. They'd still, they'd still put Georgia in. Well, now they're going to put Georgia in. They still would have put Georgia in. I don't know. I was also hoping Georgia would choke against Georgia Tech at a certain point that night. Georgia Tech. How about that? Like, that's the thing. We're talking about a lot of teams who had no business. Washington State was another one. No business being in that game. That was one that, honestly, for JMU, I was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. It was crazy. I I didn't get to watch all these games inside out like you did because I was having my day. Uh, But I I caught up on them, and they were good. But, yeah, our – 
our general flow was checking this, you know, watching the game we're at and then, but checking on JMU's, the ones that matter for JMU. Now, when I was staying in, right when our game at UVA ended, I hear someone behind me go, oh my goodness. And I was like, oh, did Auburn win? Like, you know, he's like, no, Alabama just scored with like no time left. I was like, wow, figures. It was... It was disappointing. And the Ohio State game was disappointing. It was a game where, honestly, Ohio State was hanging around, but at no point did I feel confident that the Buckeyes were going to win that game. It was a close game, and they were, I guess, technically in it, and they had chances, especially at the end of the game. They had a shot. But, like, the play calls, I was just like, what are you? And the quarterback, I was just like, too many times, his internal alarm clock was not going off. And I'm sitting there screaming, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, sack, great. Throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. Hit as he throws, pick. That's how they lose the game. And I'm like, dude, just throw it. I think that's an example of why SEC keeps beating those teams in, in the college football playoff or whatever whatever they get in because, I don't know. Yeah, they're I just, just – trust the top of the Big Ten. All they needed was a field goal to tie the game and send it to overtime against Michigan, and they couldn't do it. They just refused to get into field goal range because their quarterback just kept holding on to the ball, holding on to the ball. And it, they would go in the middle of the field, and it's like no urgency. And I was like, what are we doing? We're all looking at the sideline. I'm like, dude, what are we doing? I just – that was a frustrating experience. That's the first time I've ever rooted for Ohio State this season, and I hated it. I, I felt gross doing it. I hated the result. The only cool thing about that game was them playing Mr. Brightside to start the fourth quarter. Apparently, that's what they do in Michigan. That's cool. We had a listener that was there, TJ. My, uh, I've been assistant coach with him. Uh, oh yeah, or coaching with him for Little League basketball. He was there at the game. So uh, rooting for Michigan. Call out to him. Hopefully, he's listening to this episode too. Rooting for Michigan. Yeah, he's a Michigan guy. That's fine. Did he go to Michigan? Or is uh, he just from? You know, I don't think that. Is I he just from he Michigan? Did, but... Sometimes I think he's from up there or whatever, but he's a, he's a solid. It's not he's not a bandwagoner if that's what you're trying to trying to throw at that. I'm he's, not. He's I'm a, not. I'm just wondering if he went to Michigan. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not. I don't believe he did. I I think he went to Stewart's Draft High School, so I I'm not feeling that he went to Michigan in between there and now. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he's a big Michigan fan. That's awesome. So we got to go up there, and he's been up there before. So, um. His wife and his wife's a, a hokey, so he's just he's a smart guy. He's just a smart guy. Um, <laughs> that's fine. I just don't like I just don't like his team cheating. That's all. Yeah. Well, I have it. I've I've only given him minor crap for that. I probably owe him a little bit more. Um, is it safe though now? Like now that we're done with the regular season, is it okay to like say like, hey, Deion Sanders might might not be the best football coach of all time is like is it safe now to say that because i went like after three or four weeks when everybody had him in the college football playoff and if you said anything to being on sanders a lot of hate was thrown your way uh is it safe to say it now like because like they haven't won since they beat or they won one game since they beat colorado state like the second week of september like um i'm not saying he didn't do a good job and like have some spark early and that's not good for you. No, that's great. And it's Dion. And it, and honestly, like them going four and whatever, or three or whatever, whatever the record was, they beat Nebraska and Colorado state after beating a TCU team. That was no good. I, I, I don't know. I just felt like you saw people on Twitter say things about like, well, maybe like 
they aren't going to go to the college football playoff. And I was like, well, how could you say that? And I just, because like, it's not there. Like you got to have a lot more than just a bunch of guys show up in a transfer portal one year. Now he can build and he can still get better, but like, I still don't see him winning like a conference championship, like anytime soon. Yeah. They ended up finishing last in the pac 12, which wasn't great. Um, last. Yeah. They were in a lot of games, which is different. Like, Colorado is used to getting stomped. So, yes, they better. only had... I'm not saying it's zero. I'm not saying yeah. it's bad. I'm, I'm not saying... Yeah, he's got a lot of work to do there. I'm not going to... I Maybe I'm honestly, not racist for saying Dion isn't, like, the best coach that's ever existed. I don't... I don't I think, think Twitter was kind of saying that week, week three of the season. Yeah, I didn't like the the way it just became he's you either think Colorado is going to go undefeated and win the college football playoff or, or you're prejudiced or you hate Dion. Like I was like, I don't know. I think he's probably going to get brought down to earth and I don't hate Dion. Um, but hate him. I was never huge on him as a player either. So like, I just feel like I'm kind of in the same spot. Like, well, he can do some good things. Not the greatest of all time. Yeah, and there were some games they lost that honestly, it's just some of it was it. What was you the need more talent. Stuff that was happening before halftime in that game a couple weeks ago where they were. Oh, the Stanford gave game. Away another points. The Stanford game that was bad. Well, um, like, the Stanford game is that was really really bad. Um, but then they play a team like Oregon State who's good and, and they're in that game. Um. Yeah. Arizona, they're in that game. So, like, there were games that they probably – USC. There, there are teams they played that they should not have been in the game, and they were. So, I think some of that is kind of like with Brent Pry, to an even larger extent, the talent was not at Colorado before he got there. And so, he's bringing some of that in. And some of that is his own kids, and, and some of that is other players in the transfer portal that he brought in. And he's going to have to recruit there, and we'll see how Colorado does in recruiting. We'll see if they're better next year. That's the true test. He's got to take that next step. There's What's also like a question of what, what kind of over under you want to throw at me? Like he wins a conference championship in this many years, like in year four or year five. Like what's the over under? In the new Big Twelve, man. Sure. I don't know. I don't think much of the new Big Twelve. So. God, I guess I might need to review that. Because I was saying that when the Pac-12 still was going to exist. I just watched Oklahoma State almost lose to BYU. So They were way down. They had to fight like crazy to come back and win that game. And that was another that was another game where there was a certain point where I was like, does either team really want to win this game? Um, I just don't know if they can be consistent. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't have I'm, – I'm not optimistic – but whatever. I guess I'm a terrible person for saying anything bad about Dion. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Dion. Like, I think. I knew what people were saying in week two it wasn't what Dion. Yeah, I, right I don't now. think Dion's going to win a national championship at Colorado, if that's what no. you're asking me. I don't think he's ever going to win a national no. championship at Colorado. Do I think winning a Big 12 championship is out of the realm of possibility? No, I, I think he could, especially in the new Big 12, wow. where like we're looking at TCU, Oklahoma State. Um, I don't know, Kansas. Those are the teams he's going to have to recruit against. Yeah, I think he could probably out recruit those I'm guys. I'm picking up Miami feel from this program right now. Like that's like uh, a lot of flash in the pan. Maybe and Miami's so great. 
and then week six happens. Yeah, I don't know. Miami was better this year than they were last year, but they're they still that's still... that's the problem with Miami is folks remember what Miami used to be and they want them to be that so badly that they get hyped up. And honestly, I think that that is where a lot of the Dion hate comes from is people just wanted to hype it up so quickly. People wanted to hype it up so quickly. People got annoyed by it. And then it just turns into something. It's not really, um, yes. Notre Dame is also another team that every year, anytime Notre Dame looks like they might be good. It's, Notre Dame belongs in the college football playoff. Look at all these great wins against Navy and Stanford. Um, they're amazing. Um, yeah. So, honestly, one of the things that helped Dion more than anything was TCU this year. TCU was way too high ranked this year. Obviously, not a very good team. It. That's true. Not a very good team. They got upset early on. That, that bought a lot for Colorado. Um, I think if... His opener is against, you know, Hawaii, a team that honestly is probably better than TCU was this year, and he beats Hawaii. I don't think the Dion train leaves the station quite as quickly, and I think needing overtime to beat Colorado State, a lot of folks would have been like, uh-oh. Um, instead of, wow, look at, he finds a way to win. Um, So... Who knows? They open with North Dakota State next year. So Nebraska in week two, and then Colorado State in week three. To that point, North Dakota State is a team that might beat them. Yeah, it's a dangerous little opener. That's a dangerous opener. Nebraska's probably a win, though. Like, I don't know how else to say this. Nebraska's not good. They are not good. So, yeah. Um, the first three games, then everything. I don't know the order of the rest, but it's the Big 12. So, man, the Big 12s. Also, a lot there. <laughs> also, Louisville, what are you doing? What oh, is... yeah, losing to Kentucky. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? That's bad. Yeah, that's not good for the ACC. Ooh. It's not, but the other games, like, honestly, Georgia Tech hanging in that game I thought was good for the ACC. I... Florida State beating Florida was good. Clemson beating South Carolina is good. Um, I think overall, when you look at ACC versus SEC, North Carolina wasn't what we thought they were, and they beat South Carolina. Um, Miami beat Texas A&M. So the ACC had some wins over the SEC this year. The Kentucky game doesn't look good, but uh, again, I – they're going to chalk it up to a rivalry and that's why Georgia tech, but I could do, do just the same for okay. And Kentucky beat Louisville in a rivalry game. Like I think Georgia tech almost winning that game is worse than Louisville actually losing that game. <laughs> but what do I know? So how, so your betting in real life didn't go well. Kentucky gets to keep their coach though. So there's that. Yeah, they do. And they took Duke's coach down at AM. Uh so yeah, our betting, uh, neither of us got our dogs. Oregon State didn't stay within 13 and a half in Oregon, and Boston College didn't stay within eight and a half in Miami. Neither of us liked our picks last week, so that's fine. You did get your lock because Mizzou did beat Arkansas. 
uh, which was a good call. I thought Bama would beat up on Auburn. They did not. Uh, but we both got Tech and both got JMU. So this week, uh, what I said with the picks, because really the honest, this is the real honest answer. I thought there's only one good dog to pick. <laughs> and so I just didn't want, I wanted to just like, let's throw at it. There's seven games with ranked teams involved this week because there's so few or less games. Let's just pick all seven, apply the same point scale. So if you, if you pick it right, and favorite, it's one point, or if it's under four and a half. But if it is more than a four and a half point spread and you pick the dog, it's a super dog. So uh, let's make some picks. New Mexico State is a 10-point dog to Liberty on Friday night at 7 on CBS Sports Network. Who you got? Liberty minus 10. Yeah, this is one where I'm gambling on my New Mexico State being within 10 and uh, getting me five points there. Oregon is a favorite uh, at uh, versus Washington being played in Vegas on 8 p.m. Friday night on ABC. Who you got? I like the Huskies plus nine and a half. I do too. Huskies nine and a half. Uh, that was the best game of the season, I think. That 36-33 game, Oregon and Washington. Washington won that one. I think Washington does it again. Can I ask you a question? And I know we just made the same pick. Why, why is Oregon a nine and a half point favorite? That's bizarre to me. Yeah, I, like I think this, seeing that bizarre line is really what motivated me to do this whole picking different this week. Because like we're both picking that. Like we we both. I mean that we got it. Yeah. Um. I I honestly think that that is a folks just feel like Oregon is playing better right now, and that game was so exciting, and it was in Washington, and that must be the only reason Washington won. Um, yeah, Washington now. I I think Washington's better. Yeah. So I I, I think we're both I, gonna get the super dog there. Yeah, I, I think Washington's gonna upset Oregon. I guess it's an upset. <laughs> um I guess. Uh and, and they're gonna win that game and they're gonna go to the college football playoff. Write your crap in over there so I don't have to do it. Um Well, right now we're the same. No, we aren't. I said New Mexico State. Oh. Okay. Okie State is playing Texas, who's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite, noon ABC on Saturday. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to take line. I'm gonna take Texas minus 14-and-a-half. So I do not think Oklahoma State's going to win this game. But that 14-and-a-half line is too much for me, so I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking the points. Oklahoma State sucks. Um, it's fine. Georgia versus Bama. I like Bama plus five and a half. See, and I'm sticking with Georgia on minus five and a half here. That's fine. I'm going to win both of those. Um, SMU at Tulane. Tulane's the four-point favorite. Both undefeated in conference. First time they're going to play this year in the conference championship game. Who you got? I already said it. Tulane minus four. Me too. Michigan minus 23. And just the interesting over-under line is 35 and a half. <laughs> It's I mean, for that to be the, a 23-point spread and the over-under be 35-and-a-half, that tells yes. you exactly Vegas doesn't think they're going to score. And um, it's a championship game, like a conference championship game. And that's and Iowa about. might not score, but I don't think they're going to lose by 23. I, I um, will take Iowa plus 23. You're taking Iowa. I'm surprised you're taking Iowa there. I, I'm going to take Michigan. I do think they can get some points against Iowa. I, I don't think I was going to score much, if any, because I don't think they're capable. Um, and I think Michigan, I mean, has a defense. So 
Yeah, that's I, I like I like that we're doing this and we're picking the different games. I like this. All right, Louisville, Florida State. Florida State's favored by two and a half, so no super dog available here. Who you got? This is dangerous, but I'm going to take Florida State minus two and a half. Yeah, with the backup quarterback in, you do have more worries than you had before. But because of the tight line, I'm with it too. Florida State Seminoles minus two and a half. I think though, if if I guess we both got Washington, I think we're both. You had Bama. You think Bama's going to win that game? I do think Bama's going to win that game. Okay, I I think I think they could still be mean to Florida State if it winds up that there's an undefeated getting. I don't know. There won't be. There won't be now. I'm I'm apologize. I'm a week late. Never mind. Bad point. Oh, you were saying you think Bama would get in over Florida State if Florida State's undefeated. Nah, but uh, no, that's not exactly what I was saying. I was just a little off on what I was saying. I, I needed to I needed to catch up on what I was saying. Yeah, because Ohio State will be out of the top. Ohio State's already gone. So Ohio State's gone. Yep. Um, I forgot about that. That was the argument everybody was making last week and who would get left out and this and that. And I thought Florida State could get held against, but that's not relevant anymore. So. Week old sports. If Bama podcast. wins, someone's getting left out. Yeah. I, if Bama wins, Georgia should be the one left out. Let me be. Let me be very clear. Georgia should get left out if they lose that game. Do you know who won't be left out? Georgia. Georgia. They're not going to get left out. They won't, but they should be, and that's why all the people were like, "Oh, we don't want an expanded playoff." That's why you need an expanded playoff. Because this yeah. Georgia-Alabama game will be billed as, oh, this is, you know, the SEC is so much better than everybody else. Whoever wins this has to be in. And even if Georgia loses, they have to be in. And Florida State, Florida State or Washington, sorry, uh, you're not going to be in. Or Oregon even, maybe. Sorry, you're not going to be in. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, so... Yeah, that would be stupid. Um, which is why I roll my eyes every time they're like, oh, well, this is why the NCAA playoff as it is now matters. Like, the regular season matters. If Alabama can lose to Texas, Florida State doesn't lose the game, and Alabama still gets in, then the NCAA regular season doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. If Oregon were to get in ahead of Florida State after losing to Washington earlier in the season, then the NCAA regular season doesn't matter. So, again, like, I, I, whenever people are like, the NCAA season, re- regular season won't matter. They're, again, small, small minded people, small minded things. I mean, I've said that so easy, but, uh, <laughs> but I say, I, the I games say will less. matter. I do say matter less. I don't, the games will, no, it's just different so, games are going to have more yeah. weight and yeah. more games will have more weight. We're going to have a different world of college football than pretty much the when I we had these arguments. When we had all those arguments about playoff, like it's a, there's a whole conference that has been around forever that doesn't exist anymore. So like we're just dealing with so much different stuff. Like it's just it's it's a different world. I mean the Pac-12 going away is crazy. Just crazy. And I think just seeing this weekend them talking about that and like saying goodbye to the Pac-12 is like this is wrong. It's just it shouldn't be happening. Like I also that. don't like that. Like all these schools are like, well, we just won't play our rival anymore. And I'm like, yeah, why can't that be your non-conference? 
Why can't that be your non-conference game? Instead the of playing turned upside down in COVID and somehow everything worked out just fine. Have a nice yeah. entertaining football season. Just work it out. Get rid of West Wichita State yes. on your schedule and add Washington State to your schedule. Or I think that's the one actually. Washington Washington State did sign. But yeah. other school like Oregon, Oklahoma, Oregon State. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma, Figure Oklahoma State. Yep. And back in the day, we played UVA every year. We're in the Big East there, and they, we figured it out. Everybody else can figure it out. Florida and all those, it's not perfect. It hasn't always been perfect, but they're always trying to make it. Like, they're always getting them on there, and there's kind of three teams. Like, they figure it out. Just do it. South Carolina does it. I agree. I, I don't understand why, oh, well, we're leaving conference, so we can't play you anymore. I'm like, no. Oklahoma no. State and Oklahoma should play here. I'm with you. Game. And honestly, like, if they want to make this, you know, regular season matters, blah, 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 that rid of the FCS games. Uh, that should be yeah. absolutely banned. If you're yeah, in a Power terrible. 5 conference, if you're in a Power 5 conference a and you're just so much more elite and you yeah. can't be bothered like these G5 teams, they play weaker schedules. Uh, we we play the tough teams. Play go play the G5 teams. Go play yeah. the G5 teams. Don't play any uh F- FCS teams. Alabama, don't go play Alabama State. Go go play some of these G5 teams. Yeah, Oregon, don't go play Portland State. Go play Oregon State in the non-conference schedule. Yeah, they Alabama can play UAB all the time. Go at it. Yeah, go at it. Go play. I mean, you're going to beat Trent Dilfer, but play yeah. them. Why are you scared of them? Go play JMU, Alabama. Cowards. What's the advantage? Nick Saban playing. is a total coward. He would lose to JMU. Um, Central Georgia State. <laughs> like, what's the point of playing them? Go play. I can't even say that without laughing. But, yeah. Um <laughs> I agree. They should. The I don't understand why all these mean that you can't play yeah. your rival. I, I think that's dumb. I, I, I think that is my biggest problem with the college football. It's not the expansion of the college football playoff. It's the realignment and getting rid of the rivalries that are what make college football great. Yeah. Oregon, Oregon State. That's one that's dying. No. Stop. Oregon, Oregon State is great. Uh, Michigan, yes. Ohio State is great. Washington, Washington State is great. UVA, yes. Virginia Tech, great. And UNC, NC we State, like great. Like, th- those are fun rivalries. Every time they play, it's fun to watch. And-, and that's what makes college football great. It's not, you know, the... Georgia, Georgia Tech. Go and ahead. honestly, like, I'll say it again. Like, the other thing that clicked with me watching these rivalry games where these fans are passionate, one, because it's the rivalry, but two, like, it's in the stadiums. I know they're doing the first game. The first round of the playoff is going to be at the higher seed. I honestly think it could be the first two rounds and then go to your bowl games. Because I think, I think that's what, that's what folks who are only looking at the money. And I get that this is a business. There's the whole bowl people. They're not going to piss off. Yeah. And I get that, that it's a business and that's what they want to do. But what makes college football so popular is the passion. Yeah. And that's what you get when you're at, those schools and at those stadiums it's why i think alabama and auburn getting away from their neutral site and going to home and homes was a brilliant decision jordan Hare was an absolute zoo up until about five seconds left in that game and then you could have heard a pin drop but (laughs) it it was cool and honestly like they're doing the overhead stadium shots like in and out of commercial breaks and i just the i was talking to my uncle i was like god that would be so cool like, that looks so cool. And that's why these, like, big non-conference games, too, like Texas versus Alabama, them playing in Texas and them playing in Alabama was awesome. 
I don't I I'm not I'm not going to say I don't watch them, but it's not as cool when it's the big neutral site game. Because it feels like an NFL game in the sense of you can't really get a feel for like the atmosphere. Like it's just a game. It's a game between two good teams playing each other. But yeah. when you get that two good teams playing each other and it's at one of the schools and Fun. the fans are going nuts, the students are going nuts, the bands are going nuts. That's what makes college football great. And that's what I want to see more of. And, and that's, I think the playoff could really benefit from that. I think having the first two rounds, cause the first round, okay. The top six conference or the top four conference champions all get buys. Great. But then that second round, then you got to go to them. And then that gives their fans the reward of the great season. You get the week off and you get to play the next game in front of your fans. Everybody else has to go on the road. That's what would make that even more exciting. And I wish they would do, but they won't because, um, again, it's about dollars. And it, um, um, yep, absolutely. It's not right, but it's what it is. All right. So that's our college football. We have four games that were different. So we'll highlight those in a tweet this week. Uh, we are planning to set up on a bowl pick them. Uh, probably the confidence pick thing. No, I don't love that, but um, if there's a better way, I'll, I'll look into it, but we'll set something up. Uh, be looking on the lookout for that on Twitter. And uh, we'll talk about it next week on the podcast. Cause we'll have bowl games set up next, next week. So we'll be talking about those and get the bowl pick them set up for the exports podcast with a guest spot on the podcast as the uh, prize. So look out for that. College basketball is rolling again. We're not as deep into all of that as we uh, would hope to be. I know Joe's into the VCU women particularly, uh, but the tech men, uh, they've won some games. They got smoked by FAU uh, in the championship game at the little tournament they were at. But FAU is that number 19 team in the country coming off a uh, deep run last year in the tournament. Uh, they play Auburn Wednesday, uh, ESPN 915, ESPN 2 at 915. So I'm looking forward to that. That's an opportunity to beat a team with recognizable coach and, and has been around recently uh, up top. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. UVA on Wednesday has Texas A&M coming to town in Charlottesville. That means Buzz Williams coming up, and that's 7:15 on ESPN two. So back-to-back games from or uh, with Commonwealth teams. Uh, we are going down to Auburn. Tech is, but UVA is hosting. So the SEC, ACC challenge this week, and that'll be fun. Uh, the other, other men team to talk about is the undefeated one, JMU. They started their season off beat Michigan State. They've remained undefeated um, and beat some, you know, it's not nobodies that they're beating every single night. So uh, that's that's been cool. So that's the men's side of things. Yeah, for Virginia Tech, I'd say the only concerning part about the FAU game was like I felt like that was like the test, right? Because they've been playing well. They've been winning, winning games. And I'm like, all right, but this is kind of an actually good team. Yeah, and they didn't win that game, and I was like, mm, "Okay, that's not doesn't we make there. me feel good." It was like what eight points like early in the second half, and then it just got away from us. So yeah, I, I I'm not gonna write the season off on that one game, but it definitely would be something to remember later. It's if, it's uh, one that you game. highlight as it it would it's what keeps me from saying Virginia Tech is a consent contender in the ACC. Uh, that's what makes me think. All right, we're probably be second top tier. Four to really be yeah, that and, I think yeah. we're. I think we're. A, we're second tier in the ACC after that game. I would say yeah. right now. Not saying they I, can't I, improve I, from that, but as of right now, they're second tier in the ACC. 
I'm not going to argue with that. Um, Make some noise and improve on that. Yeah. Women stuff. Uh, women. Virginia Tech plays. VCU first. That's what you know the best. Okay. Yeah. Um, women VCU. They swept Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, nice. In Puerto Rico, they beat St. John's 56-51. They beat Sacred Heart 76-62. And then uh, they played a school in Puerto Rico that was hosting the tournament, and they beat them 69-30. Took care of business. Yeah. It was a great weekend uh, for the VCU ladies, in particular, Michael Parham, who isn't usually near the top of the score sheet, but uh, she had a great scoring uh, tournament. And then she also just did what she does best, which is battle for boards, great defense. a lot of key contributors for the VCU ladies and wins. The St. John's game was probably their toughest opponent. It was the one right out the gate, and they won that game. Um, so they're 6-1 and one overall now. They're going to play Charlotte on Saturday. That'll actually be the only uh, VCU home game that you will not hear me calling because I will be at a wedding. Um, but they, they play Charlotte December 2nd, and then uh, I will be back on ESPN Plus when they play LeMoyne on December 5th against the Dolphins. Uh, the one note that I have about women's basketball, Virginia Tech's playing LSU on Thursday. I know last week we talked about Angel Reese and that drama. I'm, I'm not actually not sure where that stands at this point. Uh, I don't think Virginia it's been Tech resolved. Plays the defending national champion on Thursday. So I'm excited for that opportunity and uh, looking forward to that. I will say if they don't beat LSU this time, I don't think they ever will because I don't think Reese is going to play or at least – well, I mean, they're a solid team, even without. I mean, she's a great player and all that. Yes, they, they are. They have a lot of other talent too. I, I think we're going to beat them, but uh, I'm not. I don't know. I'll, I'm not going to sit here and say if they don't beat LSU now, if they see them again in the tournament, I'm not. I'm just going to say, oh no, that's a loss. That's that's not who I am. So why would I say that? Apologies <laughs> to the audience uh, for me sneezing uh, right there. I was trying to hold it in, get the get to that's the fine. microphone. I was button. knocking on the table at the same time. So who cares? Um. <laughs> but for for the JMU ladies, um, it was a mixed bag. Uh, they yeah. they came back and beat Montana State, but they did lose another game earlier uh, in Cancun. Um, but you know, still Sunbelt favorites. Yeah, it happens, and I I do think they're probably not going to be challenged in the Sunbelt as much. Um, but they, I don't think they go undefeated, but I do think they win that. Right. Going away. Yeah. The Michigan State game, uh, unfortunately for them, while the men succeeded against Michigan State, the women very much did not. Um, that was yeah. the game that got away from them. That's right. But they will they will be a favorite in the Sun Belt. I, I don't think anything that happened this weekend changes my mind on that. So. I agree. Yep. What'd you do? Do you want um, – okay, let's talk about the Thanksgiving games first on the NFL front. Uh, I was surprised that the lines lined on Thanksgiving. Like we're used oh to going into Thursday on Thanksgiving and oh, here's the lines. They're about to get beat by some NFC North team or whoever they roll into there to Detroit. And it's sad. No, this year the lines are good and they really are good. I, even with the loss, they're, they're a solid team. I, I keep wondering if they're actually a contender. Cause I, I, they just keep telling me they're not because they lose on Thanksgiving like always, and it's just disappointing. They got down. They fought back, but ugh, just you hated seeing it. You wanted them just to win by 30 and just, like, break the curse. I honestly – yeah, it's the moon. That's why they didn't win. If we're getting down to brass tacks, it was the moon. They just 
Whenever it's in that waxing gibbous on Thanksgiving, they're they're now zero and thirteen. It's a fact. They're zero and thirteen when the moon is in a waxing gibbous phase and it's on Thanksgiving. It now I know next time to make the investment in the correct place. I did not know that before I made my investment. Yeah, uh, I had my this Thursday. Um, the Lions so were. So then it had me on. It had me on brink after that. I threw a bunch of money at player stats in the Dallas game. And I was one, one of those away from winning that one and didn't get it. I so, just, I mean, the, the I commanders. On Thursday. So, okay. The good for the Packers on winning that game. Um, for the lions. It, yeah, but they're not good. No, I will say this. Jordan love has the exact same stats as Aaron Rodgers through, I think it was the first 11 career starts. The exact okay. same stats. It's it's eerie. Um, but like to the yard and to the touchdown, total touchdowns. Wow. It's it's crazy. But that being I don't said, think he's as good as Aaron Rodgers. Uh I don't know. Should this be like should we make a bet out of this somehow? I think the NFC North is better than when Aaron Rodgers started. I think it's easier for a quarterback than when Aaron Rodgers started. Okay, but I, I would say that the Lions are better than what Aaron Rodgers had to deal with. Uh, the Vikings are better than what Aaron Rodgers had to deal with most times. And the Bears are worse. Which actually helps Aaron Rodgers. But, um... <laughs> yeah, I didn't... You forget which argument you're making. I forget, I forgot yeah, what I was do doing. <laughs> uh, I forgot what I was doing there. Um, but yeah, I, two out of the two out of those three are better. Two out of those three are better, which is the overall point. <laughs> uh, but uh, that makes me sound like an idiot, but that's fine. Yeah, that's um, fine. I've been there many times myself. But yeah, I I don't know. I'm sure I, you were happy Dallas won, though. You're always happy when Dallas wins. It was according to the investment. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Commanders are just bad. Like. Jack Del Rio got fired, uh, which was I don't oh, know. I missed that. Weeks late. Did uh, they did a Friday. Yeah, they did that. They did that the next day. I missed that. I actually missed that. That was <laughs> yeah. That was a Black well, Friday. If, Friday. If, when they get rid of all the defense, that talent one week, and now they get Del, Del Rio, like your guy that's in there, your your buddy that's the assistant. Yeah, he needs to put his house on the market. The head coach does. Ron Rivera? Yeah, Rivera I would imagine he's I mean, next. Just like, just, yeah. I, it's nice that you guys aren't word, during the regular well, season. Well, and I there's already sources. Niceness. Yeah, there's already Absolutely. sources saying end of the year he's fired. Like, it's yeah. just, they're just letting him finish the season. Um, That's nice. Sure. In the NFL, I, do, I don't see as much of the advantage of Yeah, because you're not recruiting. Like, you're yeah, not, you're not You're recruiting. not hiring a guy early, so you just just chill. The only reason you would do that is if you wanted to see if Eric Bieniemy could do it. That would be the only reason you do it, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't know the discussions that are being had there either. But uh, right, I it's not college because you already see Duke's coach introduced at A and M today. Like it's it's not like college where I sent you that. Now, if you haven't the seen new... the introductory press conference video, go find that. Yeah, that's why I'm I struggle with any comparison of Texas A and M. That's what I'm saying. JMU is not Texas A and M. Different, different yes. cut of cult than anybody else could be. Yeah, the JMU is not Texas A&M. I should Are they in Waco? Like, I know Baylor's in Waco. Can they switch locations and just, like, have that connection with crazy cult people because, 
it's something. I don't know what goes on there. The midnight yells are weird. Every time oh, one of those weird. videos gets leaked on the internet, you're like, that's weird. That's a weird thing to do. <laughs> and, Gyrate my body. And they times. think, the, the crazy part is they're like, yeah, we're spitting bars. And I'm like, no. It's just <laughs> it's weird. They're just, just weird people. It's just weird. Oh, it's honestly, it's honestly, if you were to, if you were to say, Joe, describe this to someone who has never like an alien race that has come to earth, describe the midnight yell. I would just be like, these are hill people who have never gone outside the hill people bubble. Like they are backwoods and they're not even hill people. Cause I don't know if they have, how many hills are in college station. I would just say they're backwoods people. Who have people. never, never <laughs> gone outside their bubble. They're just weird. They're yeah. not, look, we're humans, and technically, yes, so are they, but not really. <laughs> like, they're weird. Um, so, so other NFL. Um, that video is weird, though. Everyone is like, to, to describe it if you haven't seen it, and again, please do. Um, hands and arms are over the person the people next to him, and they're like swaying back and forth, in a press singing some song. That I don't know. Room with tables and chairs and a, and a microphone, and people are. I don't think weird. you've seen this movie, and for the one person who probably listens to this podcast that has, and it's my brother, uh, it reminds me of Troll Two. It would have been less weird if they were singing the song from Troll Two while they were doing it. It would have been less weird because then I would have been like, "Oh, they're in on the joke." Okay, this is funny, but instead, like, I it's weird. It's it's that level of weird without the comedy. They take the comedy from us because they make it so weird that you can't laugh. Yeah. All right, NFL stuff. <laughs> Are we doing this? Okay. I just want more. I just want to move the conversation off crazy people. Um, Do we have Steelers, to? I mean, they're I crazy. See that coming. Because I bet on them. I bet them and the under. And then right right when the game was beginning, and then the Steelers got down at one point, and so they were then the dog in the game. I bet it again. So I ended up winning a nice sum of money off of the Steelers this weekend. So it was a good investment. And uh, I saw it coming. When I bet on them, they win. I had confidence that they would beat Joe Burrowless Bengals. Actually, after Friday and Saturday, I was worried the Steelers would just get rocked. But when I woke up Sunday morning and was like, oh, they're playing the Bengals, here we go. So I, I thought it was interesting on PTI, the debate surrounding the Steelers was, what's the like more interesting number coming out of Steelers? Is it the 400 and whatever yards of offense they had, or is it still that they only had 16 points? And and they did they argued, Wilbon and Kornheiser, because they didn't forget which side of the argument they were on. I I agree that 16 points is concerning, but like there has been zero offensive output to get low points throughout the season. I like that at least there's offensive output now. I think the points will come. I think that's an irregular thing. I think that's some division stuff that's still getting like, holy crap, we can score points. Like we can get down the field. I think it's some of that. So I have faith that they're heading in the right direction offensively. I, I mean, they got to fix it in the off season, but I, I just like that they're, I have a little more faith that we make it in the playoffs. I can have some hope in the playoffs of a for like one playoff win, a wild card weekend win, but uh, we'll see what we get. It was the first time all year. You guys have out gained your opponent. Yeah. And we're eight and two, seven and two. What are we? Seven and four. Seven and four. Seven and four. 
Yeah, we lost last week. That's right. Yeah, I mean, how about it? Your Ravens look good. Yeah, and it got a little concerning toward the end of the game. And, you know, yeah. my brother and I ended up watching a show on Hulu after the game, and he was ready before I was. And I was like, he's like, are you ready? And I was like, uh, I'm going to see if we can blow this or not. And he goes, oh, yeah, I forgot about it. Um, and we watched it. I I text that to him all while thinking to myself, it's a one-score game and we're playing the Chargers. I would feel less confident if we were playing a JV high school football team because then I'd be like, maybe the JV high school football team is hot. I don't know. When you're playing the Brandon Staley Chargers in a one-score game, you take that to the bank. I mean, that is – that's a win. It's decided. and. The Chargers didn't disappoint. They failed. Justin Tucker even misses a field goal to keep it a one to keep it a three point game. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, Justin Tucker missed a kick. They're done. This is it. This is the Chargers magic. And I'm like, dude, is this their first time watching a Chargers game? I, As a person who has the red zone in this watch, many a Charger fourth quarter attempted comeback. It never happens. It never happens. If the Chargers had kicked a field goal. I would have been like, okay, so we're going to win in overtime. Like, the Chargers don't win those games. They don't win those games. It's why Brandon Staley's going to get fired. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I I think he probably deserves to be fired. I don't know if the next guy's going to fix it. I think it's something with the name Chargers. Because before Brandon Staley, it was happening. Before Justin Herbert, it was happening. It's just something with the Chargers. When Philip Rivers was there, yeah. When when Philip Rivers was there, it was two minutes or less, and you're down a score. You got to go the entire length of the field. Good luck, Philip Rivers. And it never happened. And now it's Justin Herbert, and it's the same situation. Two minutes or less, entire length of the field. Thumbs up. Good luck, Justin Herbert. And it never happens. Like. We're first place in the AFC today, though, so that feels yeah. good. What, uh, anything else of the games that happened? The Patriots are bad. Yeah, I enjoy that. Um, Coming up this weekend, I think everybody's looking forward to this 49ers-Eagles games. I know you don't believe in the Eagles. They still keep finding ways to win, including that game against the Bills this weekend. Um, I had but, that, though. I figured they'd beat the Bills. The Bills are also not as good as... They're not as good, yeah. But the 49ers Eagles, that is, you know, two top NFC teams. So that'll be interesting Sunday afternoon on Fox. Mm-hmm. I'm interested for personal reasons of this Kansas City at Green Bay game. I know Green Bay is no good. I know Kansas City is pretty good. I know you're not a full believer in them, but they're they're going to be in the playoffs and a contender here. They're Sunday night football, but uh, my boss is going to that game. He's a big Kansas City fan, and he's like bucket list uh, headed to Lambeau. And they're actually calling for snow this weekend. So it could be like kind of an ultimate thing. So I have I have a lot of interest in that. I'm glad it's the primetime game. So I know I'll be able to see it. Um, he was actually hoping it would get flexed up. But I kept telling him, I was like, it's Green Bay and Kansas. Like, it's not getting flexed out of Sunday Night Football. Like, people are going to watch that game no matter what. And uh, But he wanted it in the afternoon for old man reasons. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's why I'm pumped to watch that one too. The only game I could see getting flexed would be up. for Eagles 49ers. Oh, for it. And then that one's probably protected from Fox. So, and they, I mean, they had to flex. Like, I think it's like 12 days on the flex. So it would have happened to happen. Last this week, Monday so. night game is not a great Monday night game. 
tonight with all the field goals. I can't, uh, well, the Vikings finally scored a touchdown. Yeah, the Vikings finally took the lead, forever. even though the pass run has four, thrown four interceptions. That appears like it's going to be enough to win because Justin Fields just fumbled away the game. Um, unless, of course, the pass not throws another interception. I um, had a parlay with that game involved, and I cashed out last night because I had no faith in the Vikings. So yeah, I cashed out. I got no. I was talking about next week's with the Bengals Jags. That's uh, there are so many teams like tomorrow, isn't it? They, I mean, that could get flexed, right? Monday Night Football late in the season has some flex in, right? Yeah. Um. Yes, they do. Yeah. There are so many games that when you look at teams' records, you're like, really? And the Jags being eight and three is one that you look at and they're like, you're eight? They're eight and three? Hmm. How about that? Steelers beat them. The Falcons at five and six are leading their division. <laughs> you got Baker Mayfield and. Who's in, who's in San Car uh, Car is in New Orleans. They just beat New them. Orleans. Yeah. And division. then. And uh, then, yeah, Carolina fired their coach today after 10 games. <sighs> 11 games, whatever it is. Uh, you can't fire the owner, unfortunately. I think that's the problem there. Um, yeah, I think we're getting. It might be uh, Daniel Snyder South down there. So. Well, it's it's just turned into the everyone else has taken the blame and we're all looking around and you're the one that's the holdover. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yep. How about this? This this is the only game outside of the uh, game I said, Niners-Eagles, outside of that one. The only other game with two teams with a winning record, and this is going to shock you, Denver-Houston. Oh, wow, yeah. Preseason, you never, even early season, you wouldn't Denver has a winning record. Denver, I still don't believe in them. Denver is playing so much better. When you suck, you have the easiest schedule. That's benefiting Denver. Denver's playing so much better, though. I don't believe in them. I know they might end up making the playoffs. I just... I don't believe in them. There are two Monday night games. Why? On week 14. Why did we do that? It's like Christmas. It's December 11th. Oh. I don't know. Oh, God. Packers... Another Monday night booth with people that have never called a game together again? Because that's not fun. Packers, Giants, Titans, Dolphins. Ugh. Oh my goodness. Eagles, Cowboys was an option, apparently. Well, it, <sighs> that's the Sunday night game. Yeah, there's there's pecking orders here, so. I mean. It's not like Monday, they set the weekly schedule and then like Monday Night Football goes and selects the first game they want. Like, they throw all the games out there and like Fox wraps up games that they want at four o'clock and there's, there's pecking orders. So week, it's not necessarily on a week by week, week basis. 15, like, man, these Monday the night season, games, I feel they bad. probably took 49ers Eagles and Fox was like, it was probably the second or third pick. Like we want that game. So. I feel bad for, uh, Joe Buck because week 15 looking ahead on the schedule. This is really exciting podcasting chiefs <laughs> Patriots in week 15. Oh my goodness. Week 16, there are three Monday night games on Christmas Day. I hate that. Well, I guess it's three Monday games on Christmas Day. The They're Monday night game. No, the ESPN. Monday night game yeah. is a good one. That's Ravens 49ers. That'll be good. That's very solid. 
what is this week 17 see i do the schedule look ahead in may and now i can't remember it week 17 <laughs> there is no monday night game because that's the final week right no week 18 is the final week so there are oh, no monday night games the last like two new weeks year's, of the season. i guess yeah oh and new year's they've i guess that's when they're gonna let college football have their day um on a monday and not a sunday yeah if it's a sunday it's still <laughs> Uh, that's why there's two Monday night football that you just answered your question. That's why there's two Monday night football games back there. Why is there a college football game that day? They want to bump bump out. No, it's because they worked that out. They said, fine, we'll stay off the first there and we'll take two Monday night football games back there. Oh, they just picked two crappy ones. Great. what did you say? You said Titans and who Titans, dolphins Dolphins, and then Packers giants. Yeah, Packers Giants wasn't gonna be good either. Come on. No. All right. Uh, D block time. Okay. You got anything down here? Um, I don't. My biggest thing, and we covered it. We said a lot about it on the radio, and and to this point, Joe and I are much newer at WTON than anybody else that's been on that network. There's a lot of old people, Jeff Wright included, uh, Hartlob. A lot of names Chip went through, guys that he worked with, guys that preceded him, um, that, uh, you know, we're kind of owning the closing this WTON when we're talking Friday. But a lot of people had a lot of years on that station that um, makes me sad that it's not going to exist for the legacy of what they did and that I felt honored to be a part of. Um, but, yeah, WTON is no longer going to be carrying sports. Um I believe it's going to be an NPR station on FM and on the 94.3 and on the AM 1240. And I think it's sad for our local area to not have a sports radio channel, not even covering local sports, but even just having ESPN radio on and having like that standard, like easy access to sports um, while you're in your vehicle and you might not have serious radio. So many people have talked to me since Friday when all that uh, pretty much went public. Uh, it's their default station. They listen to it. like, I like, it's just, that's the default channel in my car is WTON, uh, ESPN 1240. And I used to be like that before I got serious radio, I was the same way. And so I understand what that is. And I, and I personally, without being on air for WTON, I am sad that it's going away. And so, uh, I, you know, people keep saying, well, they'll figure something out. I don't know who the they is in that, in that statement. And, um, I don't know if it's going to get figured out. I don't know that we're just going to have sports radio. Um, I don't think we're going to have an ESPN feed. I'd love for there to be ways to cover high school sports. I'd love to be a part of it. Um, but I don't know what that's going to take to do that. And I and I am not projecting Leland is going to make it happen. So and I think people look at me in a judgmental, hey, you need to figure this out. I don't, I don't know if that's what's going to happen. So I, I'm sad about all this. And so since this is our venue and, and what I, the podcast I created uh, with you, Joe, uh, I wanted to talk about it here of um, how sad it is that WTN is closing up shop. I know you're not uh, Mr. Local, but you know how important local sports radio is because you strive to be on it and you are on ours and you, you are on it other places at times. So I, I just, I hate that it's going away. I hate that that default sports is, is gone. Yeah. December 1st. Yeah, it's it sucks. Um, Easily a dozen people have talked to me about it, and each one of them have said it's their default thing to have on their car. Yeah, I 
you know, I put a post on Facebook for people who are Facebook friends with me um, saw that. Um, but for those who aren't, uh, I'm just a Facebook acquaintance on there. So. Right. Um, I meant to block you from that. Um, well, I tagged you in it, but um, <laughs> we uh, no. in all seriousness, like you and ship let me on there, um, which I am forever grateful for uh, because it let me call more games and, and, you know, call basketball, call football, call some baseball on there too. Um, all local. And, and that was great. I enjoyed it. I, I do enjoy covering local sports, even though um, I try not to be the Homer. Um, and you definitely aren't the Homer. I'm sure, I'm sure many local fans are mad when I don't pick their team or don't say the local team is going to win this game because they're the local team. Um, and I tell them, I think That's the other I'm team's going to win. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty <laughs> of people that have been mad at me from listen, listening time to time. Um, but I enjoy calling the games. I enjoy rooting on the local teams when they do win. Um, but, and I'll still do that, but it won't be on WTON. It won't be on 1240 AM. Um, and I guess I would just say like, um, you know, I come from an area where there wasn't, high school sports coverage anyway, like up in Winchester, there's not a station that covers the high school football teams up there. And you might think that's crazy because they're bigger schools up there and uh, maybe not as many schools, but the schools are bigger and you would think that demand would be there, but it's not. And folks had it at a time, but it went away. Um, By the time I was shortly out of high school, it was gone. And I would say that, for all the people that, you know, gripe and complain, you know, media this, media that, this is why local media does matter. And this is why you you can't chase that off. Because with this being gone, I, I'm like you, Leland. I hope I'm wrong. I don't see it coming back. Yeah. I don't see the local ESPN station coming back. I would love to be proven wrong on that. Um, oh, yeah. And I would love to be a part of it if it comes back. And, and you know, the the opportunity is there. Um, but I, I don't know that that's coming back. And it's my concern when when radio stations get bought up by larger media groups. And while this one isn't necessarily like one of the mega corporations that are buying up a lot of the radio stations, um it's still an example of a larger media group buying out a smaller one. Um, and it's, it means that there's less local coverage. Uh, and I think that's also going to have an impact. You know, I worry about what's going to happen to the news leader uh, in the future. I, I worry about what's going to happen to all our local papers here. Um, because they get bought out too. And then when they get bought out, the, the major corporations don't see as much in need to cover the local stuff because that's not what's getting them money. Um, and they're going to just make more syndicated articles to get into your paper. And the radio stations are going to have more syndicated shows get into your, on your stations. And it's not going to be the local stations. Um, and that sucks. And, and I think that's a bigger problem. Um, but to focus on this and what it means for WTON, uh, closing it out, I was glad that Riverheads got us a win in our final game on air. Um, so a local team got a win, and we'll be going to a state uh, semifinal. And I know we're 
trying to get that online streaming for people um, on www.espn1240theboss.com because I think that's paid through for the month of December. So um, would be happy for that to still be the case and, and folks to be able to find a place to listen to that game um, if they can't make it. If not guaranteed, you can hear my voice. Yeah, Leland will be there on NFHS. Um, I know we're also hoping that for that for the state championship. Um, yep. But, um, yeah, I think you know we're hoping for the best there in, in terms of those two games. Um, but then the future is uncertain. It's yeah. it's really uncertain for the future of that, and that's a bummer um, because I know you're going to be doing NFHS stuff probably for Riverheads. Uh, next year too which is great um and but there's other schools that don't have people for their nfhs network and so they're either watching it or there's people who don't have nfhs network like because it does cost money and for some people that's not something they can pay for it doesn't make sense to add that to the budget um and it's a bummer that this Free, what I like about WTUN free local is- source that promoted our athletes, promoted our schools, and was a way for the community to interact with them um, is yeah. gone. It's gone. And I'm, I was pretty proud of the pregame show because that's something you can listen to on the way to the game. Yeah. I, as much as I like covering these games, at no point did I ever think we were a substitute for being at the game. I, I rather no, that's true. games. And I loved our pregame show because I felt like we could address everybody on the way to their game. And then even after the games, that's why I didn't mind staying on lawn after uh, final whistle sometimes because, you know, people get back in their cars and are listening to whatever game they're at and catching up on everything. So I, I, I enjoyed that we were able to be that for them. But the people that can't be at the like not just choosing not to go, I don't I don't think that, I, I don't think we're supposed to. But when you cannot go or you're further away, we're there for you. And I, I love doing that. And uh, one point in there that you're talking about, like you're doing, you know, you're doing bigger and better things for VCU and, and you have aspirations. My, my peak is WTON. So my peak just left. And so it's, it's pretty disappointing for me. I, I will tell you, I was told a week ago, uh, Sunday of this news. And I, on Monday, I struggled to motivate. I was bummed because like, I've told you how many times, like I'm at my peak. I'm, I'm as high as I want to go. I've brute you on. You're going to be the guy. Hey, I knew that guy way up there. Uh, that's where you're headed. I'm, I'm as high as I want to be. I'm, I'm in Stanton. I don't want to go from Stanton. So, um, yeah, it stinks. It really stinks. So I think, uh, technology can help create some options and we'll have to see what those are, but it still takes time and effort and money. And, uh, so we'll see what that, what happens there, but, uh, sports world's changing. It's changing all over the place with a lot of things. We'd spent a whole segment talking about, or not segment, but talk about college football and how much it's changing. Here's our local media change in, and it's probably not the end of it. The bears won. The bears beat the Vikings. Um, four field goals. Um, they, yeah. So there's that. So I, uh, I'm sad that it's going away. This is me saying it on, on our venue. And I'm sure this isn't the last time I talk about it. So uh, we will try to keep you up to date on this podcast and what we know of that's out there or brewing or coming if there's a way for me to cover high school football next year, I'm going to be interested in that. So I'll make sure I, I let you know. So stick, stick around this podcast for updates in that a- area. Cause I'll be excited to talk about them uh, if, and when they come up, but yeah, for the short term, I just on the horizon is 
uh, hey, I got NFHS Network home game for Riverheads essential to start the season off next year. Not a too bad a way to start things. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, and on the flip side, I mean, we're, Leland and I aren't going anywhere. This podcast isn't going to stop yeah, because we're WTON. Talking, my goodness. This is not a podcast affiliated with WTON. Um, and no. it turns out that this is one of the benefits of it not being affiliated with WTON as we are still able to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, we will try to fill in that void as even with the void growing, we'll try to do a better job at filling in with that and, and being better at it. Um, but it's, it's definitely a bummer uh, for WTON to be gone. And um, you know, I, I feel bad for the, for the fans and the people who did listen and enjoyed listening to that. Um, because like you said, I thought the, I thought the pregame show was great. I thought the tailgate show was, was a great service. The game. I also, I also agree with you. I, I know we, had people who disagreed with us on uh, the radio station being a substitute for people, the radio coverage no. being substitute for people going to the games, which I always thought was crazy. I, I don't think people stayed at home because radio was going to that game. Um, but there are people who, you know, aren't in state or are in other parts of the state and aren't able to get there that did listen. And they were able to follow, you know, a family member or a, a friend or you know, a friend's kid or whatever, like, and, and stay connected. Um, and that's gone. And that's a bummer. It, it is. Um, I know the NFHS network is, is, you know, something that folks can turn to. Um, and especially Riverheads fans with you calling the games absolutely should. Um, but again, I know it's a, it's a cost thing too. And so for, yeah, for, for a lot of families, that's not something they can do. And, and I feel for yeah. them because this is, this was the way that they stayed connected and that's gone. And that, and then again, you know, there's the, I like sports radio fan that just wants to listen to yeah. sports radio and that's gone. So, so now to do that, you've got to, you've you got to get to serious. And again, that's not free. So that's, nope. that, that goes back to the cost thing. Um, so yeah, that sucks. Um, that's what stinks about serious. Like I, I have serious radio. And for anybody that wants to cover local high school football and serious radio, I have nothing to say bad about serious radio, but since that's not going to happen, uh, I hate, <laughs> like we used to have this AM channel you can turn it to and your calls for listening to it is you have to listen to these commercials. Well, now you pay for serious radio and you listen to sports radio and you got to listen to these commercials. That stinks. <laughs> it's not a good trade-off. No, I, I don't. I am annoyed by that. I am annoyed by that podcast. That's why I'm on podcasts all the time now. Yeah. Um, and you can skip the commercials. commercials. (laughs) Yeah. You can skip them, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it sucks. It's, it definitely sucks. Um, I, I feel for, for those folks. And again, I think like you said, maybe somebody does figure out how to fill that void and, and get another radio station or, or something up and running to cover high school sports, that would be great. Uh, cover local sports in general, that'd be awesome. Um, I wouldn't hold my breath on that, um, but it is tough. And, you know, while we're lamenting it, maybe maybe the fact that we're both also readily admitting it's tough also speaks to while there is a a market for it, maybe that market isn't big enough, and, and that that yeah. sucks. For, for the people who enjoy it. Um, I, I will say, I just don't see how, I mean, I think substitutions for what you had 
for local coverage is going to come from newer media. It's not going to be AM. It's not going to be. Oh, no, I, I agree. I don't think AM digital. radio is. So heads up, like if you're not on board for digital, but you're listening to this podcast, awesome. Good first step. Get ready to take some more steps if you want some more local coverage because it's it's got to be on the internet. I know like some schools have their own kind of radio network. Broadway is one of them and stuff. You know, like I, I think it's going to move in that direction before it moves to something whole. So. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think digital media is probably the future, and that means streaming. And yep. hopefully it finds its way onto an app that is readily available for people. But if not, then you're going to have to go to some website and stream it there and figure it out. Um, but I, I do agree. I think there is a, I would say, you know, I don't want to say zero, but less than 1% chance an AM radio station is the solution to this problem. Yep. But on that happy note, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, Leland and I will not be on an AM radio station uh, this week. Uh, we will. Leland will be on nfhsnetwork.com, um, where you can find him calling the game. Again, I will be out this weekend. Um, obviously, I mentioned I have a wedding. Um, if I didn't have that wedding, I'd be at VCU. Uh, but uh, we'll be rooting on the Gladiators to beat Pocosin and get back to a state championship, where maybe Leland and I will be Somewhere for you to stream us, uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, we're hoping so, but a lot of different hoops have to be jumped through for that to happen. So until then, folks, thanks for listening to the Yak Sports Podcast. We're going to be covering the local high school sports. Uh, whether we're on air or not, we'll be covering them here for you on the podcast. Again, not just through the fall, but also into the winter. We promise those winter sports coverage is coming. Um, if something big happens that you think we absolutely need to be touching on, uh, be sure to reach out to us because, again, I will be engrossed in VCU happenings as well as uh, the wedding happenings for my friend uh, this I'll, week. So I'll be coaching. Uh, I got I got started in my local uh, – I should have hit this in the D-block. Little League basketball starting this week. I got my two teams that I'm coaching – boys k through two team i got them picked i was picking them by jersey size and then i have my girls uh third fourth and fifth grade team picked and we tuesday nights big practice night so we get we get started meet the team on tuesday get it going it's fun times so well there you go you asked so, why we're not covering high school basketball quite this yet because i'm coaching two basketball teams right yeah i've, I've got to cover the thing i get paid to cover and leland is being a dad so um there you go uh not that we won't cover high school sports we will no, uh but football out of the way. yeah we gotta get we gotta get the one out of the only, way we're not in a hurry we can wait two more weeks we're good. yeah um there'll be plenty of basketball <laughs> i think we're gonna have some good basketball teams in our area this year so uh, there will be plenty to talk about uh on the boys and girls side and then of course you know we have our wrestling programs that are usually contenders when they get into the regions as well so until then, folks, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Yank Sports Podcast. For Leland McRae, I'm Joe Deck. Have a great week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.